Oh, are we live? Are we going? We're there. We're there. Oh, see, it's one of those nights where, you know, we were here nice and early. We had a couple meetings this afternoon. Uh, my mic keeps falling down. And uh, it's just uh, we were here in lots of time. And we're still, you know, time's coming up and we're not ready yet. <laughs> but, hey, we have a fun show. We do have a lot to talk about. And we definitely have a lot of things to go over with you guys tonight. So welcome into episode 58 of the Squadcast. Of course, I'm producer Clark with my buddy Mad Max, Max Ritz. Uh, we have some big news for the two of us for this show, for this brand. Uh, some stuff coming up a little bit later in the uh, top of the order. Did we put it in the top of the order or are we going to talk about it later? I think we should talk about it right away. Probably a good idea. Um, and do you want to help right now? I'm crazy not to. Let's do no it. No time like the present, as they say. Exactly. We're going to we're gonna kind of introduce and say hi to a few people as we kind of get the show started. Music, uh, laptop, audio. <laughs> uh, but as we get going, we're going to tell you right away in just a couple of minutes about some big stuff that uh, Max and I, IKS Media, here at the studios, we're getting involved in. It's going to be really exciting. The for investment not only, portfolio is diversified. Yeah. For, it's going to be exciting not only for us, but for you guys as well, because yes. you're going to be involved in a way. So it's going to be extremely exciting. But uh, in terms of the show, you are the fanalists. You are the squad. So make sure you're helping us out by commenting all night long. We want to hear from you. You can ask us anything throughout the evening. Uh, I don't know if we have Hulk ready or not tonight. He might Hulk's be. never ready. He might be back in the locker Hulk's room. There permanently he is. On hiatus uh, we sent him a new shirt, so by next week, allegedly, we may, he might have his new shirt on. Um, <laughs> Been saying that for a few weeks now. Yeah, we, we'll <laughs> see where FedEx it goes. Ground shipping, man. Oh, yeah, it takes sorry. a while. Just we'll ground shipping. We'll see where it goes, but uh, until then, we we do want you to ask us anything throughout the evening. And uh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, we, I see that my dad's checking in. He says, hey, Clark, nice Maple Leafs top you had on last night. What about the, yeah, talking about my starter jacket ah. uh, on my TikTok live stream. What about the Preds? You, sh you need to show them some love. Well, look at Max. He's all love decked out. Love is covered. Father Monroe, we are, we're ready to roll. We um, got a brand new jersey. We got yes, uh, brand nice new jersey. matching lid. It's feeling good. Uh, just feeling for good. reference, I, I put Max, I want you to talk about the Predators in the script yes. tonight. Yes. And actually what happened was Max told me, it's 12 games in, nobody cares. And I'm like, Max, I just want you to talk about the Predators for a minute. Can you not do that? And he's like, no, it it's 12 that, games in. It wasn't that nobody cares. It was the whole playoff implications thing. If you know about these Nashville Predators, last year they had a 1% chance of making the playoffs halfway through the season. So forgive me, 12 games in, if I'm not terribly concerned about where the Predators are in the playoff picture at the moment. But uh, regardless, it's been a decent start, better than most have predicted so yeah. yeah so anyways all i want to, they're sitting in a playoff spot as of today and i think that's pretty awesome for them uh, at the moment and all i said was max they have some injuries uh they're in they're sitting in a playoff spot maybe talk about how they're gonna you know fare with these injuries uh and he's like who cares about playoffs i'm like i don't it's not about the play anyway i don't think have, i said it in that tone. we don't I have think to get I wrote into it in the no script. you said it in just that, giving you, you some said notes it in that tone feedback, it came it through in that a little tone. dissension on the show to begin the program this evening it came okay. through we'll on that tone. It up. We'll it, it we're, up. we're having a good time uh, we have a lot of fun stuff, and here it is, our big news. Uh, as we do have a few people watching on YouTube, we have our crew is checking in on Facebook, and I think we're also going on Twitter. Everything's good. I noticed that Engineer Rolf is out for one night, and uh, Engineer Lindsay's in tonight, and it's everything's tough. working smooth. Next, Weird. Next, next woman up mentality. That's yeah, what we're about she's, here. She's definitely uh, working her way up in our in our rankings and list. Before we Sorry, Ralph. <laughs> before we get to the big news as well, too, I think we would be remiss not to uh, give a special birthday shout out oh. to our good man, director, 
Jordan Blodgett of uh, Blodgett Pictures. He's uh, 26 going on 55, that man. That's right. Yeah. Well, 26 going on 58. In the terms soul of, of a 55-year-old uh, gentleman. That's what I was trying to say. 58 episodes of Squadcast will turn you pretty old, too. So. Uh, great. A couple gray hairs after couple. what we've put him through. Um, <laughs> Happy so, birthday, Jordan. Uh, who wants to hear about the big news? Uh, we have some big stuff. And if you were following me and Max on our social media channels individually, you probably saw some stuff over the weekend about the ultimate franchise. Franchi- <laughs> The Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports uh, Baseball League, uh, we were both involved in the auction show over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, So basically what it was was, uh, you know, people need to bid on uh, the chance to get into the league itself. And there was, what was it again, 35, 34 bidders for 30 teams. There was extra teams that didn't actually get in. I think there was three or four or five teams that didn't get a bid. The demand outweighed the supply. Yeah. And from what I learned in uh, first-year economics, that's a good thing. Yes. It's a good thing when it comes to business Um, ventures. So there was upwards of $170-ish thousand dollars involved in this auction. American dollars. Involved in this auction. So... The higher you get in the auction, the higher you get if draft picks in the actual draft. Uh, this is a long-term dynasty league. So let's say number one pick is uh, Shohei Otani, which is the kind of the he consensus. He was brought up once or twice on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people were talking about him. You pick him first overall, you get to keep him forever. You own that guy. He's on your team. He's on your franchise. Unless. Um, unless you trade him. him. Unless, well, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do with him. But you own that player on your team for basically the rest of the time. Uh, and there is some big money. Like I said, $170,000 $170, American <laughs> alone just in the auction. And then there's yeah. other stuff that's going to go on. And we'll talk about that kind of as we get closer to the league because it's going to become a part of the squad cast. Uh, and there's well, I was going to say, we're burying the lead here yeah the ikas sports group has purchased yes. a franchise that's where clark was going with this thing that's where I was, I was getting there yeah the yeah. 17th overall selection in this one-of-a-kind ultimate fantasy league baseball format belongs to the ikas sports group which will be headed up by paul druen yeah thank you paul thank you paul clark monroe and yours truly, Max Ritz. We've got the moniker already. We've got Munritz. Yeah, We're currently Munritz. getting the patent Shapiro, for the trademark Atkins. and all those things. They got Shatkins. We got Munritz. We got Munritz. Uh, so we got that Building going. good things. Yeah. We're, we're going to be letting you guys know about some team names and some branding of teams later. Not yet. Uh, but there's a lot of excitement around this baseball league that we are now a part of. Uh, again, under the IKS Media uh, umbrella and it's gonna it's be a, a ton big of fun. umbrella it's a big umbrella vast it's one. growing fast <laughs> based too. on our meeting with paul this afternoon you find out how yeah. vast the umbrella really is yeah here at they keep Media. adding spokes to the umbrella too and just keeps getting wider and wider um but anyways it is going to be a ton of fun um ian kinsler is involved in this league former mlb player world uh, series champion. world series champion i should say yeah. uh gerald smiley former and mlb draft pick too many leagues um <laughs> Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports is all sorts of leagues. They have six different leagues already. NFL hockey. Uh, we are getting into the World Juniors. World now Junior, the Baseball yeah. League. There's other leagues as well. So it's a big thing, and we're we're really excited to get into it. So uh, the draft is in March. We have owners' meetings in January, and there's a bunch of stuff in between. So we'll keep you guys updated on we've that. We've begun as we recruiting go. the staff already. There's we a couple have of names a couple that staff people members. are probably familiar with based on watching this uh humble little program that uh, you'll be mm-hmm. familiar with as they fill out our rosters, but we'll wait to reveal we'll those. We'll reveal those in Contracts got to get signed, things of that yes. nature, you know. It's a, it's a one-of-a-kind league with one-of-a-kind um, opportunities. So. Absolutely. It's going to be really exciting. So we'll keep you in the loop on that as we go. Uh, Jordan, just so you're aware, I don't know if you need to know this or not, I'm not hearing anything in my IFB, but I'll let you uh, tinker with that as we go. 
Um, I can just see Jordan sliding from. Oh yeah, like he'll fix it in no time. There at the moment, it's. Uh, <laughs> Emery Emery Wolf's watching. He says the new cameras look great. Oh, that's good. Uh, I we I was just telling them that my my palish white skin tone <laughs> doesn't seem to agree with the lighting in here, but uh, Jordan works magic. And if anybody and, uh, to comment on the camera quality, it's just a camera guy, Emery Wolf. Right? Emery so, Wolf he loves talking about just cameras. Just cameras. Just, that's it. Just cameras and chirping the leaves. There we go. I can there hear stuff go. now. Good there stuff. we go. Uh, this is better. Now it's too loud. Now I got to turn it down. Uh, Janelle Barkman's checking in. Oh, hi, my boys. Checking in from the snowy mountains. Janelle, thanks for checking in. Appreciate it all, as always. Um, if you do want to watch on our YouTube page, we would appreciate if you head over there. We're sitting, I think, at, as of like right now, I think we're at 93. Uh, 93 subscribers. Ooh, so we have a bunch of people watching on Facebook right now. If you're watching on Twitter, please, I put the link everywhere. You can check it on the Facebook feed, on my on the Twitter feed. It's also on the tweet. Uh, head over to our YouTube page really quick. Uh, if you don't have a YouTube account, it's really easy to make one. Subscribe to the channel. If we get to 100, we can do a bunch of stuff, and we're like this close. So and tell please, your friends. It's like going to friends. the Eternals, like saying, hey, Bring this somebody is a great in. show. Yeah. Go see it, right? Yeah. It's just like just leaving a friendly review. That's all yeah. we're looking for. Bring somebody you know, in if you're watching. If you're watching on Facebook and you don't mind, hit that like button, hit that share button. Yeah. Let's get into it now. We do have a lot to get into before we have our special guest joining us, uh, which our special guest, as I haven't really talked about it yet, uh, if you're a TikTok sports uh, fan, if you uh, like women in sports, the you know the movement of women in sports media, uh, sweet Annie O'D uh, is coming on later today. Annie O'Donnell, she has 27,000 followers on TikTok. She has a sports podcast, the OD on Sports podcast. Uh, the I like the play on words personally. Absolutely, like OD on sports. Fantastic. Yeah, as a branding uh, aficionado, Love it's it. good stuff right there. Uh, yeah. And she has a, a sports radio show as well uh, in Orange County, California. So we're looking forward to it. It's going to be Where a ton it's of fun. actually appropriate to wear flip flops yeah. in November. I'm I'm channeling my inner or OC uh, citizen. Channeling the inner OC for the OD episode. Yeah, there exactly. Yeah, um, I you know I spent some time in California. Um, <laughs> let's get into our Clark, topics. What were your stats in California? Great, let's go actually. there. You want me to talk about it? Sure. Why I not? still remember. <laughs> I still remember. I hit 306, just like our area code. Eight eight home runs. Anyways, we don't have to talk about it. Uh, I can't remember that number. <laughs> 24 or something like that? I don't can't remember. It was, it was like, we, yeah, anyways. Decent. Uh, got honorable mention for DH of the year. Did you, get on, did you get on the honor roll as a student? I was a decent student. It's called a student athlete. Yeah, I was a decent Three student. Three syllables. I took sign language. Did you? There. Yeah. I knew it for there, a bit. There was some sign language you wanted to toss my way before you, this program. This, I was, yeah, I was mad at Max <laughs> before the show. Uh, <laughs> I already kind of told you guys why. I it was about the Max doesn't want to talk about hockey because it's not playoff time yet. Buddy, I, I wore know. the jersey. I wore the hat. I'm here to talk. Let's hockey. actually Come talk on. about hockey. There is a topic. There Max. is a topic about hockey. The Jack Eichel saga is over for now because it's just getting into a whole new saga now because he's with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, and now we get to talk about speculating when he's going to come back and is he going to be on the Olympic team and when he does come back, who he's going to play with? I think that's pretty obvious. Patch ready and Stone. I think it's oh, locked gonna in. It's going to be a line. It's going to be a line. line. Uh, so anyways, Jack Eichel to the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's just another one of those trades where Vegas brings in a superstar. They've already done it three or four times now in their short existence, uh, and they continue to be a franchise that's not afraid to swing for the fences, uh, give up some prospects, and give, give up, up some picks. give up picks. Kelly um, McCrimmon subscribes to the Les Snead school of business when yeah. it comes to draft picks and young pieces. It's uh, to put to put a paraphrase on it: f them picks. 
basically say that. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Don't matter. Get and, the proven talent. Uh, you know, Rod Peterson upstairs uh, on the Rod Peterson show loves to say this about Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, he was told one time by another WHL GM, and he never tells me who it is, but he told me that uh, the the motto around some of the league uh, GMs was mm-hmm. if if it's trade deadline day or just you know beginning of the season or whenever just any time in general and you get a phone call from Kelly McCrimmon, hang up because you're about to lose somebody good <laughs> to lose a deal. Uh, you're about to usually get either get fleeced or you're going to lose one of your best players because uh, yeah. Kelly McCrimmon just that's how he operates. Um, so the deal itself was. Uh, Obviously, Jack Eichel going to Vegas along with a third-round pick. It's all conditional. All the picks are conditional. We don't have to get into that necessarily. But going the other way to the Buffalo Sabres is Peyton Krebs. Alex Tuck, who is a Syracuse, New York native. He's from that area, uh, you know, right next to Buffalo. And a first-round pick and a second-round pick. Again, conditional. Those could change years, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Max, first thoughts on this. Um I don't. I don't like the idea of who won the trade. Right? Did Buffalo get enough? <sighs> see, because I don't like to think who won the trade because we could see Peyton Krebs come in and be a seventy-five point forward. Tuck could come in and be super productive, but we don't know that for a couple of years probably. Right. So, I mean, Tuck's in the league now, but in general, it's hard to say who won a trade until five, six I, years. I think I'm going to preface this from a TikTok that I uh, saw in the oh, last yeah. few days. Is um, if you were Buffalo, you were never going to win this trade, yeah. as it were. You could probably figure out the TikToker that said this. Um, me? You're never <laughs> going to get enough for Jack Eichel. Was it me? Uh, it might have been. Oh. Uh, but Pete DeBoer said it best <laughs> in one of his pressers after the trade was completed, right? These guys don't come on the market often from no. Vegas's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never come on the market. A 25-year-old superstar centerman, we know what he's capable of when he's healthy. Yeah. And by all indications of the surgery that he signed up for, it does not come without risk, obviously. But... By all indications, Jack Eichel will be Jack Eichel again. At least that's what I'm putting it out to be because as one of the superstars in this league, you don't want to see a guy like that sitting out for any extended period of time. And unfortunately, the way that I see it is, to answer your question on the Buffalo side, is I wish this would have got done in July. I wish we'd be seeing Jack Eichel suit up in November, like late November here, December. Um, But outside of that, the deal is done. The saga is, like you said, over for now. And we'll see what happens when it comes to his integration in Vegas's lineup now. I'll throw it back to you here. The interesting thing for me now is, is how does Vegas manage the cap situation oh, yeah. when they are fully healthy? As we alluded to earlier, that potential super line of Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Jack Eichel up the middle. Mm-hmm. Currently, as that stands, if all those guys are healthy, they're $10 million over the cap. Yeah. So what do they do if they are to get him back before the trade deadline, before the playoffs, if they aren't just going to Kucherov him and shelve him until the Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, what happens there? From For all intents and purposes, my understanding is Jack Eichel wants to play in the Olympics. So yeah. I think he wants to get back in time to do that. For sure. And if he plays in the Olympics, how can they Kucherov him after that? Exactly. Uh, I mean, unless he gets hurt in the Olympics. Well, I don't then, think you could. If he plays in the Olympics, he's clearly healthy enough to play. But unless like, he gets hurt in the Olympics right. and then yes. they yeah. somehow find a loophole. But I, I, I don't know. So I, from my understanding of it is that, yeah, there are $10 million over the cap. But there's always a little bit of manipulation with that in terms of pro 
prorating certain contracts at certain times of the year, stuff like that. Um, guys like Riley Smith with a one-year $5 million contract, you probably, eventually you're going to see him out the door. Um, I've heard talks of Alec Martinez being out the door. Um, there's, they have they have a bunch of contracts in the you know three to six ish million dollar range that they can ship out in order to accommodate this. The good thing about them and and how they kind of approach this trade is that they don't have to make the decision right away. Right. They do have time because Jack Eichel is on the IR, so they are able to the injured reserve. They are able to kind of just you know figure it out. They have time. They don't have to rush it. And. Uh, I heard you. The the one thing that uh, I Elliot Friedman do, and I took a buzzword out completely. I could tell I was doing something <laughs> productive. I swear. Um, but the one thing I heard you say was, um, you wish they would have got it done earlier. Yes. And I honestly don't know. I mean, would it have been that much better if they would have done it earlier? For Jack Eichel, it certainly would. For been. Jack, I guess. For him personally, yeah. For a I superstar guess in the league, yes. it uh, gets his surgery done sooner, and maybe he's playing right now. If this happened earlier in the summer, mm -hmm. but I'm just thinking in terms of straight asset management and uh, return. I don't know if they would have got a better return in June or in July than they got today or this week. Um, there's a lot of talk about you know, oh, they probably had all this stuff on the table before, and now they they didn't get as much. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the case necessarily. I think there was a lot of speculation about it, uh, and I think there was a lot of um, um, oh, what am I trying to say? I think there was a lot of uh, misunderstanding, oh. a trepidation. Yeah, that's actually what I was going with that. it. Misunderstanding of what his situation was mm -hmm. from a lot of teams around the league, and a lot of hesitation, trepidation by GM saying, "I don't know if I want to get in on this." I don't. If if there was more on the table. Mm -hmm. I think Buffalo would have pulled the trigger earlier than this. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they were like, oh, shoot, we lost out on four first-round picks and Matthew Kachuk. I don't think that was the case. I think they would have said yes to that if that was on the Poor table. Kevin Weeks after that happened. Well, yeah, uh, that was unfortunate. I like I, Weeks. Again, I, I would really love do. to know who fed him that because I apparently— You'd think it's somebody credible. Kevin Weeks has been in this game long enough to be— And not only that, yeah. he's had a couple good scoops. Breaks, right? Though, yeah. Like lately. He's had a couple good scoops. Yeah. So, um, again, I don't know who fed him that, but the backtracking that Calgary Media took after that, I saw Eric Francis be like, nope, that was never the thing. And uh, I think Tree Living maybe came out, or Kachuk even came out and said, no, like, uh, I don't know, I'm better. I think Kachuk came out and said, I'm better than Eichel anyways. Did you hear about this? I mean, that's why you love Matthew Kachuk, though. You obviously were at the game this weekend. Yes. Uh, and you got to see the full Matthew Kachuk effect. Actually, we had a comment he from our is, buddy right? Chad so. Isaac. Um, Chad said uh, Clark got to finally see a winning team. But um, so <laughs> I saw yeah, it. Yeah, Chad, how about those Bengals, hey? Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that later, but just saying. Uh, yeah, Clark finally saw a winning team on Saturday Live. How was it? Uh, <laughs> I was telling Max and uh, before the show, I think he agrees. I think we're in a similar boat here. I Every time I go to an NHL game, I'm just like, the, how, why do I not do this more often? Uh, I've obviously there's circumstances in life. The geography that, plays a factor. Geography. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere in terms of going to a game. Uh, it's not just like, hey, you want to go to a game tonight? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Uh, so, but I I'm making it my life goal uh, to do more sporting events because 
every time I go to one, it's just like, oh man, this is amazing. <laughs> our, uh, so. our good man Ryan Barocco will uh, know exactly what type of assets are needed in order to have that dream come to fruition based on a particular video we were watching. Before oh yeah, the show. yes, uh, yes. In the order to type have of that, the type right? of money, you exactly need to the do type that. of money that you yeah, need. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we got a bunch of people talking. Myron's here chatting in the comments. Katie's chatting. Joe Booney's checking in. Uh, so the the crew is here. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to go over with the Eichel trade, or should we move on? I'm excited to see him get healthy again. I really yes. want to see because when Jack Eichel is fully healthy, we know what he can be, right? And that's an upper echelon star in the league. Now, again, if this might be a perfect segue into a topic that we didn't exactly write down, but need to maybe address quickly. Uh, the debate's over, people. If anybody's watching oh. the Edmonton Oilers and New York Rangers game on Friday night, effectively over. Like, immediately. Done. Yeah. It is Connor McDavid's league. Everybody else is just playing in it. This guy, man. Yeah. He's, he already had a highlight reel that could fill probably, I'd say, at least an hour's worth of sports set, sports net. Um, but, man, oh, man, what he continually does year after year just getting better, somehow getting better. One guy taking on four in such a crucial moment of an NHL hockey game, uh, one that the Edmonton Oilers, and again, we talk about it, you'll like this, every game's big at this time of season. So, <laughs> like, really, Are you sure about that? I don't know, man, but when goals are being scored like that, I tell you, yeah. that would have been some spectacle for anybody that was in attendance at Rogers Place on Friday night. Yeah, see. and just to build on that really quick, and then we'll move on, mm -hmm. but the Rangers had a real rough weekend. Uh <laughs> I don't know what it, what was the end uh, uh, the result in the Panthers game. Can you check that? Panthers they played game, the they Panthers. They won four three. They won. Yeah, they won four. Okay, three. so at least they I got back a that. little bit. But man, having a four one lead to the Oilers and then losing it the way that they did six five in overtime, and then the next night going to Calgary and getting there, getting stomped. Mind you, have another team that wears blue, eh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but it's. Uh, it was just not a great weekend for the Rangers. Mm -hmm. uh, Shostyorkin had a rough night. Georgiev had a rough night for goaltending. Uh, man, I was so again. I, Chad mentioned it. You mentioned it. I was in Calgary. Uh, the Flames fans were giving it to Adam Fox. Yeah. Because uh, if you recall, Adam Fox spurned the Flames. Said he wouldn't sign there. They traded him to uh, along with Dougie Hamilton to yeah. Carolina for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. Mm -hmm. And then he didn't sign in Carolina, so Carolina traded him to New York. Um, I was that for uh, Brady, Brady Shea? Shea? I want to say or yeah, Brett that was Pesci, the other one. Uh, not the Brett other Pesci, way. Brady Shea. Yeah, I think it was Brady Shea. Yeah. Uh, but either hey man, way, kid that wants the big market, I guess, and when he yeah. backs it up with a Norris Trophy in uh, well, yeah, early season in I don't think that I don't think the Norris Trophy helped how uh, the Flames fan felt no, about him. Probably but not. But every time he touched, touched the puck, it was a boo, a loud arena-wide boo. Um, then he scores a gorgeous goal, and you could tell he was like, "Suck it." Like he was like, yeah, but Kids then program, they, Clark. But, Kids program. Oh, that's fine. And <laughs> then they called that offside and called the goal back. And the amount of Fox, you suck chant that went on. Like it was, it was so, it was for me, it was funny, but I can't imagine being Adam Fox. It was rough. <laughs> like, they did not hold back. Oh, a hundred percent. And I guess I just have one final question from your weekend in Calgary. Um, how was a, uh, a certain stadium, 
uh, I guess, concession stand item with condiments on it. Yeah, it was delicious. Right? Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> I was, so actually, we had a plan to yeah. get something and just go like totally plain yeah. and just take a picture and send it to you. Oh. And, but we didn't. <laughs> you, you couldn't, uh, right? <laughs> but we ended up getting the the big footlong flames dog, they called nice. it, with uh, it was banana peppers and oh. chipotle mayo and all sorts yeah, of great. Yeah, I'd be all over that. Oh, it was delicious. Yeah. Um, I, I scarfed it down pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> but we did have a plan to send you like a plain hot dog or something. and <laughs> Just to grind. Yeah, because eh? we knew you'd have a good time <laughs> with that. Um, moving on, I guess, uh, Josh Allen, sacking Josh Allen. Uh, and not only that, but he did a lot more other guess stuff. Guess what? Josh Allen also intercepted, intercepted Josh him. Allen and, and forced, forced a, a fumble, fumble from Josh Allen. And in the most boring NFL game of all time, <laughs> the Jaguars, shout out Matias Bueno, the Jaguars beat the Bills nine six. I don't know, man. Uh, that's Rams, a that's a that's a that's a hockey score. <laughs> the, Rams, the Rams Super Bowl game was pretty boring too. 13-3. Yeah, I to guess. The Patriots a few years ago. Yeah, that's, that's true. Sucked. But, but either way, nine no, six <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. Not a game In a whole lot of people Duval, are going to remember. Hey? Oh man, I tell you what, and it's funny because I'm watching Red Zone and I'm like. You don't see the teal Jacksonville Jaguars this much. They're obviously doing something today. Yeah. Uh, and as a fantasy owner of Stephon Diggs, who actually had a decent day, I guess I can't be too harsh on the Buffalo Bills. But, man, what a topsy-turvy week in the NFL as a whole. I know we'll get into it in squad select a little bit later as we're running short on time. But what a weird week it was and highlighted maybe by some uh, questionable officiating, as it were. Yeah, and that was what we were going to get into next is – the taunting call that was called on Cassius, um, sorry, what was Marsh? It? Marsh, Marsh, yes, yep. of the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Chicago Bears, the hot and cold Chicago Bears. The hot and cold Chicago uh, Bears. The, was this the actual referee? Yes, this that was. was involved yeah, in it? I forget his actual name. I so had it at one. Point. Cassius Marsh, yeah. I, from my understanding, he's a you know a young player gets cut by the Bears, goes, cut, cut by the Steelers. Goes oh, he was the on Bears. the Bears. Yeah. Sorry, I, I said it backwards. Yeah, gets cut by the Steelers, signs with the Bears. Makes a big play. Big play. Uh, big point of the big game. Big play. Yeah, exciting. Obviously, a lot of emotion. It's football. There's always... It's a revenge you know, game for this kid. Revenge game. All he does is bounce around a little bit, move towards the Steelers bench. yards from the freaking sideline. Yeah, not even... Not close. He didn't gesture. He didn't, you know, raise his arms. He just stood there, looked at the sideline, and then ran off the field. He wanted to try and catch Mike Tomlin's eye saying, you cut this, You man. cut me. And exactly. he didn't actually say it. <laughs> And now Tory Gurley has a great story about yeah. how he did this to Chris Jones back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, he got cut by the Edmonton Elks, Eskimos at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Jones was the head coach. Tory Gurley goes to the Toronto Argonauts, catches a touchdown against Edmonton in his first game, goes over to the sideline, holds the ball to Chris Jones and says, uh, I did it or something. I, he, has, he tells the yeah. story better. But he has a story. Didn't get called for taunting. That's awesome. That's it's an football. awesome moment. That's what you tune and in for. And Cassius Marsh, young guy, makes yeah. a big play. All on what was it? Monday Night Football. He yep. makes a big play. He just does this in the sideline and goes, "Yeah, that's right." To force and a fourth down off. in a game where the Bears had to win. Yeah. And, and then not uh, only not only did he get a taunting penalty, but the referee hip checks him on the way yeah, off the field, like, uh, trying to like stand his ground or prove his point or something. I don't know. I think it's a little ridiculous, and I think the NFL needs to take a hard look at this taunting penalty that they've all of a sudden enforced because not only is it in, uh, making the, the no fun league even a stronger no fun league, but it's making it it's taking the emotion out of the game. It's taking a lot out of the game of football, which is a physical dominating sport mm -hmm. where one person dominates another. And it's not just a bunch of people bumping into each other out there. These guys are ripping each other apart in order to do what their job, like do their jobs. And if they can't do what Cassius Marsh did, 
they that's not good. And I'll take my bias out of it while we wrap this up. But on Sunday night football, let's just say it was a bit of a frustrating affair yeah. uh, to watch the Tennessee Titans kind of run all over uh, my Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> but like even with Jalen Ramsey, the guy made a play. I think it was A.J. Brown caught the ball, made a play, and then Jalen Ramsey got a taunting penalty because A.J. Brown kicked Dante Dion. Jalen Ramsey goes in to defend his teammate, grabs his second unsportsmanlike penalty of the game and Tennessee Titans fans he should have been kicked out this that and the other thing and then with five minutes left in the game apparently the NFL struggling with what roughing the passer is as well because my guy Aaron Donald that wasn't passing or that wasn't roughing the passer you can't see it folks but he has an Aaron Donald shirt under his little little bit seething you know they had the free Odell shirts I want to free Aaron Donald Donald. from uh, any sort of uh, I guess misguided comments because that was not roughing the passer what happened two plays later when Tennessee got the ball back uh, that was definitely roughing the passer but that's going to be again it's just man the officiating this week was Chad Isaac says taunting illegal low block late hit on fields etc was a terrible game for officiating oh awful Uh, Joe Booney's checking and he says it takes the the fun out of the game. My dad, Rod, says the taunting issue call was a joke. Come on, NFL. Uh, The comments are great. Uh, (laughs) Myron says, ladies and gentlemen, Clark actually used condiments on his food at a live sporting event. It had... I want to say the little Max in the back of his head. Do you remember the joke I told you last week about, you know, the the pig? (laughs) Did I tell you the joke? I I can't really say... I I mean, I I guess we can say it on air, but I'm not going to. Uh, You you eat one hamburger, you eat one cheeseburger with no condiments. I don't even think you had cheese on that thing, man. I think you you were naked burger in that I promise you. Uh, I, don't I know my burgers, Max. There was cheese on it. You were in some uh, sort guys, of state of original You guys let us know when, uh, when uh, our guest Annie logs in, and uh, we won't make her talk about, talk about condiments on hamburgers. But uh, um, Hey, you know what, though? Funny story about that, just obviously in the context of that. Uh, went to a Dodger game probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago yeah. now. And this is back, uh, well, I'm sure they still do it, but the Schneider's Dollar Hot Dogs. Yeah, I think I crushed like six at a Dodgers game one time. It was, oh, it was yeah. a very, very boring yeah, game. It was a two nothing. Uh, I want to say the Red Sox. No, the Red Sox lost on a Hanley Ramirez home run uh, at Dodgers. Say this, I get Hanley Ramirez confused because he played for both the Dodgers and the Red Sox. But a tough one for our guy Matty Ring. He's a big Boston Red Sox fan. It was his first game ever watching the Red Sox. We go to Dodger Stadium, crush a whole lot of cheap hot dogs. Uh, well, probably not cheap back in the day. I guess a dollar hot dog in the U.S. is like. <laughs> 250 in Canada. Yeah. But regardless, uh, but yeah, it was on a 2 nothing ball game where Hanley Ramirez had the only offense and it was a bit of a tough one. But man, Dodger Stadium, I tell you, it's uh, it's definitely a scene. It uh, it lives up to, I guess, the historic billing that it's earned in Major League Baseball lore. That's Speaking sure. of the Dodgers, uh, we do have some MLB offseason news. They struck first, first blood. Uh, and we will talk about this with our next guest. She is logged in, Max, so we will get to a break. Uh, but the Dodgers have signed left-handed pitcher Andrew Haney to a one-year $8.5 million deal. Just literally 24 hours after Max texted me and said, you know, I think the Jays should go after Andrew Haney. He'd the be a ultimate good, Pete be Walker a good, reclamation project. He'd be a good Pete Walker right project uh, for right the there. Jays. And nope, nope, nope. Uh, Dodger blue. Last little news. I think we're going to save our hockey talk, uh, the Leafs and Preds rants that you don't want to do. Hey, guess what, Clark? Later in, in 45 minutes, it'll be a lot closer to the playoffs. So You're yeah. right. Uh, last thing of business is the Houston Astros have actually reportedly offered Carlos Correa a five-year $160 million deal, uh, about $32 million a year. And you said it, this seems like a gesture move yeah. only to kind of save face if he goes and signs with the Yankees. They At least they've put their dollar amount mm-hmm. out there and they're like, look, we offered this guy the sun and the moon and he still went and played with the Yankees or 
whoever he signs with. Yep. Um, but not anyways, exactly. Again, along big, the same big gesture, at least by the well, Astros. same level of discreetness as the trash can bang. But again, we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably time for a commercial break. Hey, let's go to a commercial break. And in just a few minutes, our special guest, Sweet Annie O'D, Sweet Annie O'Donnell is going to be joining us. And we got a lot to talk about, including the Dodgers, the Ducks, uh, NFL talk and a whole lot more because uh, there's actually some breaking news as well, which we'll get into, which yes. is interesting. Uh, but we'll get to you back. We'll get back to you guys in about two and a half minutes. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. BDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Here's how your business can be a part of Canada's fastest-growing sports talk show. All you have to do is contact us, and we will tell you all about the dynamic and exciting marketing opportunities we have, utilizing a fully integrated 360-degree multi-platform. Imagine your business seen and heard across Canada on Game Plus TV and around the world on the Rod Peterson Digital Network. You will use one of the most overused expressions in sports. you got to be kidding me. Get your business involved. Contact the Rod Peterson Show today. Everyday hoop life. Is it time to take your event online? Bring it to IKS Live. We've got a fully customized virtual event platform with remote guest support for your next fundraiser, talk show, conference, performance, and more. IKS Live offers live streaming to Facebook Live and YouTube and pre-recorded capabilities, both in our studio with green screen available and on location with pre-production and post-production services. IKS Live, the proud producer of The Rod Peterson Show and The Recon. Recovery hour. Visit us at ikslive.ca. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Freaking love the commercial music now. Max changed it a couple weeks ago. Just love it. Um, 
we got a bit of a TikTok reunion going on because our next guest is from TikTok, but also NHL Ava is in the comments and she is a New York Rangers fan. She uh, said it was only two picks for Fox. It wasn't the uh, Brady Shea trade. The Brady Shea trade, trade was separate. Try to say Brady Shea trade three times or five times fast. Tough one. Tough Brady one. Shea trade. Uh, that was separate altogether. So NHL Ava's checking in because our next guest is here. And uh, hold on because I got to butter her up first before we bring her in here, guys. Uh, our first guest tonight joins us from the Golden State. She's the host of the OD on Sports podcast. She has 27,000 followers on TikTok. No big deal. Uh, and you can hear her on KO. CI 101.5 FM in Orange County. Uh, please welcome to the show Annie O'Donnell, aka Sweet Annie OD. Annie, welcome to the show. How's it going? Can she hear us? I don't know. Jordan, you might have to do I can't some hear stuff. anything. We can hear her. She sounds great. Let's uh Jordan's gonna do some tinkering. She can't hear anything. I buttered her up pretty good, so I'm gonna have to redo that. You'll have to redo it. it. Yeah, you'll have to give uh, it another one. That's all right though. Because <laughs> I did her pretty good job. Anyways, we do have so uh, nice you'll say it twice. How's that? I will sound? say it twice. Uh, and I don't want to even feel bad about it. Um Joe Booney's checking in and he said, I am so sick and tired of people saying Big Ben is washed up. The people who say that are washed up, not Big Ben. Ben is great. <laughs> Joe, how do you feel about this? Hey, you know what? What there's, some, really there's something to be said for sticking with your guys, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's just say a couple flags go the other way in that game last night. I don't know if he's feeling about that way about uh, Big Ben tonight. I don't know. My, my dad's checking in, and after me going to the Flames game over the weekend, uh, he said, are you a converted Flames fan now? No. Uh, however, I have an appreciation for the team and the organization and going to an NHL game. You forgot in to thank the fan base and the fan base. Yeah, there you uh, go. Hosp yeah. Very hospitable. Uh, she go. should be able to hear. Is she giving us a thumbs up that she can hear us now? Because I have to read her intro again. Yes, she's good. Okay, okay. I'm gonna butter her up again. Here we go. Ready? Our first guest tonight joins us from the Golden State. She's the host of the OD on Sports podcast. She has 27,000 followers on TikTok, and you can hear her on KOCI 101.5. Orange County Radio. Uh, please welcome to the show Annie O'Donnell, aka Sweet Annie O.D. Annie, welcome to the show. <laughs> wow, that was a great intro. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. Absolutely, and we're going to jump into a bunch of different stuff with you here tonight, Annie. But uh, first of all, we've met on TikTok, of course. Uh, TikTok's been for me a thing that's opened a whole lot of doors and windows and all sorts of things. Uh, so for those who may not know you and maybe they don't follow you on TikTok yet because they should, uh, let us know. Who, are, who is Annie O'Donnell? Uh, what, what do you got going on? Oh boy, loaded question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am. I love the term you used actually uh, in the promo, the term fanalist. I've never heard that before, but I think I might be carrying that on going forward. Um, I've been in the kind of the sports media space for about two years now. I was working a corporate job in New York that made me miserable. Uh, but all my life I've been a sports fan and love talking sports. It's my love language, as I say. And I finally said, you know what, in the space of social media and you know, the way the internet works now, I said, why don't I just start my own platform, see, put my ideas out there, see what takes. So launched my podcast first in November of 2019, coming on two years in a couple of weeks, which is crazy to think about. And then in once COVID hit, I uh, was still kept up with content, but started to explore a little bit on TikTok. Um, really was on there at first for fun, scrolling as most of us were during quarantine. But then I started to see some sports videos and I said, well, let me give this a shot. So I started just 
making content, making things that I wanted to see on there, whether it was talking about current events, whether it was talking about my specific teams, but, um, whether it's sports movies, anything, I, I, I love it all. So just been posting pretty consistently on TikTok for about a year and a half now. And that's, uh, have been able to build up a pretty decent following because of it. Nothing viral or anything like that, just really consistent and creating a, a community on there. Clark, as you know, you've built a community yourself as well. I love coming into your lives and having <laughs> seeing all your regulars in there and asking follow-up questions and trade proposals and everything. But, um, and honestly, uh, the, I think the best part about TikTok was it really I got my radio gig from TikTok. I and it wasn't even a really popular video. It was a video of me ranting about this. I don't know if you guys saw the news or like the thing, the picture that went viral of the billboard outside of Fenway Park that a Dodgers fan group put up, where they said, "Dear Boston, thank you for Mookie Betts. Sincerely, Dodgers fans." Yeah, uh, I didn't like that, so I went on a rant about it. And my now co-host uh, came across that video and shot me a message on Twitter and said, "Hey, saw you're in Southern California. Uh, love what you got. You want to come in and to." give this radio show a shot. And I had been a guest on radio. I've been on Sportsnet and things like that, but I've never posted on a radio show. So gave it a shot and I love it. It's uh, another, another, uh, what's, what do you say? Another uh, knife to add, another element of the Swiss army knife. I like to add for myself. So absolutely, that's what I got going and I'm active on other platforms, Twitter. I'm basically rant about the Dodgers and the ducks for the most part. And, uh, Instagram is just, uh, posting fun pictures and sometimes oversharing sports on my story, but you know, that's any sports fan. So, in a sense. So. so everything you said about getting into TikTok was literally my exact story. So we're like spirit animals in that <laughs> regard. Uh, but also you're extremely <laughs> humble because you're like, oh, nothing went viral. Not She has a 1.2 million view video about the Anaheim Ducks logo getting ruined. Uh, so which nothing, it, which nothing went viral. <laughs> nothing went viral, Annie. That was one. Okay? okay. The thing that made me the most mad about that, and I don't like to flex on that one, is because it's literally the TikTok that took me the least amount of time. I know. It was a spur of the moment one where I saw the guy, the guy who made this video. It came up on my uh, for you page, and I said, "Oh, I oh I got an answer for this," and I just stitched it. It took me two minutes, and I didn't think it would go anywhere. I thought it would be popular on hockey TikTok, but it went global like i got people commenting like soccer leagues in there and i'm not a soccer person so i like i know the big ones i know manchester united i know ac milan all those but then they've got the the other ones so i'm learning a little bit more about more logos that were ruined but uh i mean that didn't get me a huge like it's not it wasn't like a cash cow in a sense where i got like ten thousand followers overnight from that i really didn't get a ton of followers from that one but it did. It yeah. did numbers. That's my only one that I've had hit a million. So. I, I don't know if you saw this when we were when we had our wide shot. But Jordan, can you just quickly go to the wide shot? We got the Paul Korea jersey here, Annie. Uh, oh, I saw that. You had I a question too, Max, about uh, that. Yeah, absolutely, Annie. And you know what? I guess uh, no perfect, no, no more perfect of a segue than that. But it's about that time for the show of how did you become a fan? Uh, our show was kind of Ooh. built off of, I guess, the connection that Clark and I have and enthusiasm and love for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks and Paul Korea. So your story about how you became a Ducks fan, formerly Mighty Ducks fan. Well, I respect uh, your mutual love for my yeah. beloved. Ducks. It was just for reference, Annie. It was like a stepbrothers moment where it's like, all right, uh, who's your favorite hockey player growing up? One, two, three. Paul Korea. Did we just become best friends? It was like that. Let's exact. start a sports show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's start a show. All right. Anyways, Good housekeeping. You go ahead. John Stamos. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, 
I, as far as the ducks go, I think not to say it's my least interesting story, but I grew up in Southern California. I'm a nineties kid. Um, the ducks and I are around the same age. So I grew up in the era of Korea and Solani, the 2003 Stanley cup final was my first heartbreak <laughs> ever in life. So I grew up also in a huge hockey family. I'm one of five children, four brothers and me, and all of them play hockey. My dad is from New York, grew up playing mm-hmm. hockey, loves the game, has taught me everything I know. So I, as soon as I showed a small interest, my dad really embraced it and took us to games. And I, my obsession with, not, I want to say obsession, but interest and obsession um, with the ducks only grew as I was able to drive and got a debit card, had my own money, was able to go to games more. Cause you know, when you're younger, you're kind of at the expense of your parents in terms of going to games. And, you know, sometimes like when you're younger, internet access and things like that, and being able to watch games and when I was in high school, it was around the time where like hockey Twitter was really like blowing up. So I was able to really connect with people. And, you know, you talk about you know, the connection of how you became a fan and being a kid in Southern California, uh, not a lot of hockey fans are, were everywhere back when I was in high school. So it really helped me create a community uh, elsewhere. Now it's uh, now hockey Twitter is huge. So many people are, are active on there and in social media and the hockey community on TikTok as well. I think about that all the time. What kind of TikToks I would post if I was in high school or oh, TikTok man. was around when I was in high school. Oh. And I'm thinking about it. And listen, I was in high school when the Gets Laugh Perry and Ryan line was running things in Anaheim. And I would give up, I would give up any pinky toe to relive that era because, oh, I even though they didn't end up with a lot of success, I still, it was so much fun to watch. And we're kind of getting glimpse of getting back into that, that exciting era of hockey again. But, you know, it was just, I truly fell in love with the game. And I went to school in Pittsburgh thinking that I wanted to work for a professional hockey team in some sense, was able to intern with the Penguins. And um, honestly, living in other cities, it really makes you, it made me love my team and loving California teams even more. Just, it made me appreciate them more. Not in the sense that, you know, because everybody likes to hate on California sports fans. You saw it so much in the World Series, especially with the Dodgers. And with all due respect to your Nashville Predators gear, I will not forget Carrie Underwood's salty tweet in 2017 talking about the Ducks crowd when she was at Honda Center. But I absolutely love the passion of the fans here. I love the diversity of the fans here. I, I love this fan base. I love this team. And, um, you know, I lived in New York for a little bit and I, I recently relocated back to California. And I'm slowly kind of realizing that, you know, where I'm meant to be is here because I want to grow the game. I want to grow this team that I have loved so much. And uh, the Ducks and both the King Ducks and the Kings as well have such a bright future to come in the coming years where it's going to be really fun and more people need to start getting into Staples Center and Honda Center to go watch the teams play. That's fantastic, Annie. And you know what? We'll, we'll definitely get into uh, 2017 in just a minute here. But uh, obviously, oh, as you alluded to, uh, there Please is... Please don't. <laughs> well, I mean, I had Bye, to, bro. right? We're, we Fresh jersey, just got it in the mail this he week. He just so got this jersey. He's really happy about it. <laughs> he, so, he just got it? Who are you wearing? Oh, I got Pecorine. Pecorine. Who else, right? Of course. So, oh, and it's it's Remembrance Day up in yes. Canada coming up, which is kind of like Memorial Day, I guess. And we wear poppies up here, yeah, yeah. and it's got a little, you know, a little pin. 
and uh, he didn't want to. It's a little tiny pin. He didn't want to poke it through his jersey because he was. He's like, I just got this. I don't. I'm like, come on, man. You know what, man? You didn't have to throw me right under. I the did. Bus like I that, threw but that's you. Okay. You're right that's under fine. the bus. Anyways, Annie, back does, to it got, does it have the fighter? Does it have the fighter straps? Is it the authentic oh, totally. one? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Paid 166 okay, right. Canadian was, for this. I was gonna say, if, if you had bought like the Fanatics brand one, the one that's like feels like it's a t-shirt material, I'd be like, come on, man. But you, you, <laughs> you checked out the extra money for for the fighter strap for the the real Adidas Adidas stuff. So oh, all right, right. I'll, I'll let you off the hook. What, what do you have against what, people what who get take the economical approach to buying a jersey, Annie? I have nothing against that. I have jerseys. That's what I do. My, oh my God. My Dodgers jerseys feel like they could, they're see-through almost from fanatics, but I'm just saying if you're, but I wouldn't have a problem putting a pin in that one, right. you know, because Good point. While, while you paid a lot of money for it, like it's still, it's not like a, you're not ruining a good quality piece of fabric. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if you, if you drop some mustard on it, nobody would notice. It's the same color. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Listen, <laughs> listen, during the during the NLCS, I got so much stuff on my Dodger jersey that I wore throughout the playoffs well, up until to. the end. Yeah, you can't exactly. wash it or anything. Oh, you can't, you can't yeah, you switch it up. It okay, after yeah. that wild card game, I was not switching <laughs> it up. But, you know, it's a little shout on there. A lot of chocolate stains, a lot of beer stains on there. But you just uh, throw some, what is it, throw some shout on there, throw it in the wash. It's you're just all good war to go. wounds. It's just war wounds. That's all it well, is. Well, that's the thing, though, exactly. Annie, right? When, when you're going on a run like that, you can't dare throw it in the wash, right? No. Like, that just can't be a thing, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. Oh my God. My, that's the other thing my dad, uh, cursed upon me is being very superstitious. The amount of the, my dad is a diehard Montreal Canadiens fan. And the amount of gear that I have purchased for him in Dodgers gear, he's a huge Dodgers fan over his lifetime. Like he'll wear it to a game once, once. And then if they lose, it doesn't leave the oh. closet ever again. He's that and I'm type. the exact same way. Oh, so, yeah. And you have to you have to wait till next season where you can kind of have a chance to reapply the jersey into this season. And if it, it, it goes on its run and then when you lose, it's done. But even in the playoffs, like I still wore it, even though they don't, they dropped games throughout this throughout the, their run there. You still got to keep wearing it because it's got that playoff magic. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. that's the thing, right? It's not over till it's over. And that's the beautiful thing about the playoffs when you're going five games or seven games deep in those series. Right. Um, but Annie, right. when it comes to, uh, again, going back to the ducks train anyways, that was a lot of fun. I really like that talking jerseys, talking gear. Yeah. And I especially love that she pulled out the fanatics on you. Oh, that's well. just great. That's an internal, <laughs> it's an internal debate that we've had for a while now. So that's good stuff. But oh, I have another debate that we can get into. <laughs> And I, I think you'll actually uh, have a good answer for it because you live in an area where there's a lot of different teams. So we'll get into that. But I want yes. I know you have a question, Mac. Absolutely. We'll save that for the end. But yeah, you alluded to it earlier, Annie. I mean, brighter times are obviously ahead for the Anaheim Ducks, right? Um, when it comes right. to uh, some of the younger pieces here, you've obviously got Troy Terry emerging finally after what seemed like he might not. You've got the A-listers and Zegris, Drysdale. Hell, even Getzi's looking back to his circa early 2010s days. Um, it's actually just a lot of fun to watch. But I mean... Is the patience about to be rewarded since the Nashville Predators effectively ended the previous window in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> Had to just sing that one. Three and zero, three and zero in playoff series. Just saying, that's it. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Enough We're, of that. I didn't come on here to guest. get harassed like this. <laughs> she's our guest, Max. Relax. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. As long, if that was a Ryan Johansson jersey, we might have some issues. But oh, that's just that's we call that garbage here, Annie. The Ryan As you just <laughs> traded for him on your fantasy team, I Clark, picked him get up. Out of he here. was a waiver yeah, pickup. Exactly. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You had a question. No, but um, 
Honestly, going into this season, I mean, especially after last season, which let's call a spade a spade here. It was absolutely terrible on all accounts. Going into this season, I really had the mindset of high expect, high excitement, low expectations. So whatever this season's going to give me, it's going to give me because the last, honestly, ever since, honestly, ever since they got swept by the Sharks in 2000, was that 2018? Yeah, that was 2018. Yes, it was the year after 2017. Ever since then, kind of what Bob Murray was really selling is that, hey, this is a playoff team. Like This team can compete on top of the Western Conference. These guys just need to step up. And then that 2018-2019 run, of course, this was after they already brought back Randy Carlisle, which don't get me started. That was a mistake (laughs) to begin with. But I know, Clark, you and I are both both traumatized and victims of the Randy Carlisle coaching regime, so I don't need to get into that. But, you know, you go on that run in December and January where the Ducks, I think, had two wins the entire two months, and Randy Carlisle still had a job. They, and by God sent, don't know how they still were in a playoff. They were still in contention for a playoff spot at the end of that, but didn't end up making the playoffs the next season, of course, COVID. So halted there, their season was cut short. Not that it would have been a playoff run anyway. And then last season where it was just God awful met records for worst start, worst record, everything. And they were still sent on that narrative that, Hey, this is a playoff team. When these guys play their best, the young guys need to step up. That was the message going into every single camp. And that's, of course, the fans weren't really buying it. Most of us were saying, no, it's a rebuild. But Bob was saying, no, it's a retool. Like, we have the pieces here. This is a team that can compete. And when you look at some of the names on this roster, that that is the case. You know, you've got some solid talent on here. But starting with this season, I really think that this changed the mindset for both the locker room, the organization, and the fan base was that management finally came out and called this what it was, and it's a rebuild that you should just enjoy the young talent that's in front of you, you know, won't probably won't be a playoff team, but get excited about the future. And I think that mindset really helped the fans for one to have some low, lower not to say lower expectations, but kind of. And then I think the team just really was fed up with the performance from last year. And you can blame a lot of things on last year. Poor play, of course, is the big one, but the COVID season that affected everybody, but of course, with Ryan Getzlaff in the last year of his contract, there was talks of him going somewhere else in free agency. And that was the big news, uh, you know, going around, you know, the fan bases. Nobody wanted to lose our captain. And honestly, I don't think anybody in the locker room right now is really ready to take on that captain role and be the leader in that locker room. No disrespect to the guys in there, but it, this is still Getz's team. So the fact that he came back one year, $4 million, he said, hey, let's see what we can do here. And they're already showing progress. It's, you know, the coaching changes they had to make. They got out the assistant coaches, brought in Jeff Ward, Newell Brown. The power play has been revitalized. I mean, this was the worst power play in the league last year. 8.9%, oh. 31st. Ugh. You can't be, in the, I'm sorry, in the National Hockey League, you cannot be having a power play that horrible. Well, unless and you're the year, Vegas Golden Knights this year. <laughs> They're worse. (laughs) It's still early. It's still early. But, you know, and they got injuries, of course. I'm not not to say I'm giving credit to the Vegas Golden Knights, but, you know, (laughs) it's the fact that like and then that they're fifth in the league. right? I think it's 27 percent on the power play now. And it just seems like it's I honestly I don't know what it was. Maybe something happened in the offseason. They had a meet. I don't even know something where they said, hey, enough messing around. We can play, we can win some decent hockey games. And the fact that, you know, they're sitting at, uh, excuse me, I think six, four and three right now, yep. but 
those overtime games were easily winnable. The fact I would say the only game that they flat out like blowout loss, they lost to the Winnipeg Jets five to one. But, you know, the last few overtime losses came back from three, three goal deficits, were able to tie it up, send it in overtime, send it into a shootout. You know, there's some grit in this team. The fact that they're playing really consistent hockey. And just everybody's playing well. Everybody's doing their part. Of course, you've got some, you know, Max Comtois has yet to be on the score sheet, which is surprising given his performance last season. But it gives me a glimmer of hope that this maybe has potential. They have some potential given the fact that it is a weak division to finish a little higher than expected, even though I fully expected this to be an absolute draft lottery year which is fine this is a great draft coming up I, I don't have stanley cup expectations for this team i don't think anybody does but i think there could be and there will be some big strides of progress maybe earlier than we've seen they're turning a corner a lot faster than we expected well and they've won four in a row now and you know if this right. was the toronto maple leafs we'd be planning the parade because uh, that's just how the fan base <laughs> operates they lose one more game and then it's all falling apart again you always got to turn it into the toronto maple leafs. Uh, i wasn't always. going to but it's just it, it reminded me of it uh but they are as of right now and max hates this but they are sitting third in the pacific in a playoff position as of right now so just something to keep an eye on right. but annie you mentioned Bob Murray there was some out of the blue uh, news today with Bob Murray and the Anaheim Ducks they've placed him on administrative administrative leave um, now I, I originally the the wording was kind of vague but then I saw a tweet that it was because of how he was treating some employees maybe some threats were being thrown around uh, so I don't know exactly what that is but I don't know, from, from where you are, what have you heard about this? I know it's pretty fresh, uh, but is this something that you had heard about in the past, or is this pretty new? Um, I, uh, and I, I told you this, Clark, before the show, but this is, I was not expecting this news to drop today at no. all. <laughs> we didn't plan for this at all. By no. this news. Yeah. But um, as far as the accusations, and of course, I don't want to assume anything. We don't know details about what exactly is being investigated. But if the source that's coming out is correct, I'm not at all surprised. I think everybody, most people, you know, in the hockey world, either if they've, you know, they heard about it or if they forgot, it was, you know, they we call him Barstool Bob. That's kind of his <laughs> keen. But there's Bargain Bob because he likes to go dumpster diving for, yeah. you know, washed up talent, thinking he can revitalize them. And then there's Barstool Bob because uh, during the 2019, uh, 20, not ooh, not 2019, 2009 playoff series against the Red Wings, he was in the press box at the Joe Lewis Arena. He threw a bar stool after that Game uh, Seven loss, and it hit and injured a woman because he was so ooh. upset. And um. Honestly, given from what I've heard from uh, people in the organization, from people I know close to people in the organization, this is the least surprising, uh, least surprising news that I have heard in quite some time. And it kind of makes me think back to when Adam Henrique was placed on waivers last year and the fact that when he kind of justified it. It was, you know, these guys need to step up. This is to send a message. It was just, uh, you know, just things like that, that really kind of make you think like, yeah, that would probably have some emotional toll on a player just to send a message there from a guy like Adam Henrique. And then you think about, you know, the fact that there is all these word, there's all these rumors of him, you know, mistreating people. And he's a guy that definitely likes to control what's going on in the organization from what I hear, you know, and that's why they say when you want, need to revamp something totally, it's gotta be from the top down. And this I think is the very beginning of that. And, um, you know, 
listen, the Ducks are off to a great start now, and I think that's uh, they're in good hands right now with Jeff Solomon being the interim GM. He obviously did great things with the LA Kings and uh, revamped their analytics department. But, you know, you just think back to that point in time in 2019. It was after he fired Randy Carlisle. And rather than look for a new head coach, because the plan was to have Dallas Eakins step in after he didn't want to pull Dallas Eakins away from the goals, the AHL affiliate. So he stepped in and was the interim head coach from, I want to say like February to the end of the season, which was only two months at that point, because the Ducks weren't making the playoffs. But it just makes me think that if all these, you know, all these things that players are saying. And I think it was Pat Maroon that even said uh, he was on the, uh, what's the podcast with Shane O'Brien and Scott. Missing curfew. Missing curfew. Missing curfew. He even said that Bob Murray was harassed, would like harass him about his weight and staying under and losing weight and things like that. And it just kind of made me think that that couldn't, that period of time for the ducks players could not have been enjoyable having him behind the bench. So I do think that this was, not to say a repercussion, but kind of the beginning of the trickle effect of what's going on in Chicago currently. The fact that people are being empowered to step up and speak up when people are either being mistreated or people are abusing their power in that regard. And I, I've been saying it actually for about a year now. I feel like the sport itself and the fan base is evolving and kind of progressing, progressing with time. Whereas and evolving with time, whereas the league itself really isn't. And that's from everywhere. That's from player safety. That's from public relations. That's from the community outreach we've seen because the NHL, that's why they say the best sport, the worst league, like some of the decisions that they make, you just kind of scratch your head at and you're like, who's thinking of these things. So I do think that, you know, this is the very beginning of, you know, the turning of tides for a lot of people in the sport, especially these older guys that have felt so secure in their jobs. And Bob Murray's been the GM here for 13, going on 14 years now. It's, you know, that's almost unheard of, with the exception of Nashville, of course, but that's <laughs> almost unheard of in most regards for a general manager. No, if, if it was anybody else that, especially after that 2018 the 2018-2019 debacle there. No other GM would have kept their job. And a lot of people were blaming ownership because uh, the uh, the couple that owns the Ducks, Henry and Susan Samueli, the people that bought from Walt Disney, you know, they have, they're very, they're not hockey people, but they're very friendly with their front office as well. So everyone kind of assumed that Bob had this job security because he was friendly with ownership. But one thing about Henry and Susan Samueli is that they are, pivotal big figures in Orange County. They give a lot of money, a lot of places. They named the engineering school at UC Irvine is named after them. They donate millions to children's hospitals, I think both in LA and uh, in Orange County. So public perception and, you know, good, being a good organization and in the, being positive in the community is very important to them. So I do commend the Ducks for getting on this immediately, putting him on leave as soon as the impending investigation kind of was leading towards that being the the right thing to do. Obviously, we'll wait to see how things come out. We'll always we're going to get more information about what happened here, of course. Um, and I just uh, I send good thoughts to uh, anybody that feel that maybe was affected uh, negatively, and hope pray to God not worse from this because you know I don't know if you've ever worked a bad job or had like a bad boss, but it, it really it can mess with you in a lot of ways, especially outside of work. So hope everyone's okay in that regard. But um, at the end of the day, um, if these accusations are true and the investigation proves that uh, good riddance. 
Go ahead, Max. You had oh, no, more? I was just, I, I was going to say, and that, uh, you kind of hit it right on the head there, Annie. And and when it comes to, to GMs, I guess, around the league, they can't all be nice guys like David Poyle. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have some viewer questions for you, uh, especially since we're talking Ducks. And I, I kind of mentioned this in your live stream the other day, but uh, we are located at the home of the Regina Pats here. Sam Steele and Josh Mahura are on the Ducks, or at least in the organization. Um, and we have a couple people asking. Um after watching them every day, I'm wondering if they're still coming along, Emery Wolf says. Uh, still getting better, and if the Ducks see them as a big part of the team's future. Also, should I buy a steel jersey? Um, also, And then uh, uh, Brett Ellick asked, make sure you ask about uh, Sam Steele and Josh Mahura. So, uh, two players that we hold very dear to us up here because they were a big part of our team uh, here in, in the WHL up, up north. But they have been pretty heavily touted prospects, at least Sam. I know Josh kind of came along as well, but um, Sam was a first round pick. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, we've noticed, you know, up down here, up here uh, that he's down there, obviously. But his numbers haven't necessarily taken a whole lot of steps. Uh, so what have you noticed out of maybe let's start with Sam specifically. What have you noticed with him uh, in his development over the last couple of years? I mean, first of all, I feel like Sam Steele, the one moment that sticks in my mind is that insane overtime goal with that beautiful pass to Jamie Drysdale to win it in overtime. Yes. So that just kind of That's the real head. Sam Steele, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, you should buy a Sam Steele jersey. You absolutely should. Um, but no, I honestly, both he and Josh Mahura are really, I think, key parts to this, basically this young core. It can't all be Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale, who are obviously the shiny new toys, because, you know, just a couple years ago, the two big guys were Troy Terry and Sam Steele. Like, everybody was talking about them, especially after, you know, once 2017 you know, that 2017 ended the way it did and they were able to come up after and get some games in there as well. You know, it, as far as development goes, and I was going to talk about this a little bit more when uh, if, just in case you guys brought up uh, Zegers and Drysdale, but I kind of feel like so many people really like, you know, that saying where it's like the armchair GM or like people kind of talking behind the keyboard. I feel that the most with player development in the sense that you can see there's so much more than what we see on the screen and people think they have a good idea of, you know, the best thing to do. Oh, you're not giving this guy enough to ice time. And Jamie Drysdale is the guy like up at the forefront of that because he's getting the second most ice time of the team right behind Hampus Lindholm, his defensive partner. And it kind of makes me think of it kind of like how NFL quarterbacks are or, or rookie NFL quarterbacks are when they come into the league. It's kind of like, well, do you give them the keys or do you have them be the backup, you know, take in a year, be, you know, sit behind an older guy in the league where he can kind of show him the ropes kind of thing. And it, to me, it really depends on the coach. It kind of depends on the the team aspect there, I'm getting away from I need to get away from football for a second, but <laughs> I kind of transfer it in both sports here. But I really do. It gets, this is really a good year for the young guys to really step up. And they've done so. Like once you, I hope this shows a lot of people that once you give the keys, giving the young guys the keys, putting them in these pivotal moments, like this is their time. Give them the chance to shine. And, you know, they'll have the veterans there for help. Ryan Getzlaff and Adam Henrique are obviously having good starts to the years as well. But no, I, I love watching those two play. Uh, I love every time I do anything, <laughs> any anything Canadian related. I always get uh, the Saskatchewan people asking me about <laughs> Troy, about Sam Steele and Josh Mahura. That's good. Again, they hold special places, especially in my heart. I work, I worked with the team when they were on the team. So uh, those guys are awesome. Um, Annie, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and then we're going to give you a rapid fire to kind of end off the chat. But 
you're a champion in the women in sports media landscape, I want to say. Uh, you're an advocate. Uh, you yep. empower others, I'd like to say. I've seen some of your videos where you're, you know, pumping other people's up, pumping other people up a little bit. I love it. Um, and there's been a lot of positive movement in that side of the industry in the last few years. But there's also been some, you know, steps backwards at times as well. It's not a it's not a perfect line upwards, as you might say. But what are, what do you think some of the next steps that need to happen are in order to get this to the next level, this movement to the next level? I think they, people need to put more women in not only positions of power, but positions of influence, positions where they're in front, they're able to add to the conversation. I think that's one thing, you know, growing up for me, uh, people, you know, the place where you would see women in sports media was being Aaron Andrews doing the sideline reporting. And that's not to disrespect them by any means. If that's what you want to do, go for it. They provide a lot of great content, great value there. I think for me, I really want to contribute to the conversation. I want to be at the table. I want to be putting points out there. And I feel like the majority of the time where women are put there, they're either the host, they're the, they're the Molly on the first take where they're like calming down uh, Stephen A and Mac. Well, it's not Max Kellerman anymore, but <laughs> I feel like a lot of times people just kind of put women in places as their token hires rather than really giving opportunity for women, inviting them to have a seat at the table in these prominent places, especially, you know, and that was one thing I will say about, you know, NH the ESPN broadcast deal, I think is doing a great job highlighting women. Obviously Leah Hextall has been able to call some of the ducks games and it's been awesome. Honestly, I hope that there's young girls out there that want to do play by play one day and are inspired by her and the work she's been doing, but the TNT panel for me, and while it's entertaining, there's not one woman on that panel. And it's, oh, listen, I get it. You've got Paul Bissonnette, you got Wayne Gretzky, you've got these big, you know, personalities and obviously big people in hockey, Wayne Gretzky, no big deal, <laughs> but it's all, it's about, you know, expanding your horizons here more. And I think a lot of people, you know, not a companies, organizations, whatever, you know, really don't prioritize that. They still see women as, you know, got to look nice. You know, they can come in and do the sideline reporting. Now they can't contribute here. And it's really disappointing because there's a lot of women out there specifically, you know, in the sport of hockey that can contribute great things to the conversation. I think that's the best part about TikTok form where you can speak your mind and you can make content that you love and that you want to see. And one thing I love and Clark, you know, you can probably chime in as well is, you know, kind of seeing the young talent that's coming up and the people, you know, the fact that the game and, you know, sports media, the people that are aspiring to do these big things, like, like the game's in good hands. One of my favorite people, I'm going to give her a shout out. I don't know if she's listening, but is NHL Ava. She I is. adore her. I was I, just going to read you some she's comments. She's watching. She's going to be a star. I <laughs> absolutely adore her. I love how inclusive she is. I love how much she loves the game. Honestly, I she's going to be on MSG Network. She's going to be on TNT, ESPN, whatever she wants to do. And people are going to listen to her and feel more inclined to watch the game of hockey, be feel like they're welcome to watch the game. And I think that's also a huge part of putting more women and more, you know, diverse LGBTQ people in these prominent media in on-air personalities is that hockey is still a sport where it feels like it's not for everybody. And people are still very intimidated to come in and ask questions about the game. But I think that we got to do better. We have to do better. It starts with us. It's more than just a hashtag. It's more than just the pride tape. It's more than just we skate for black lives. It's we got to be 
welcoming and, you know, and a lot of people are on TikTok as well, but be open and welcoming to newer fans and who may not know things and want to ask questions. But honestly, the future for women is very bright. And at the end of the day, I know I kind of steered off topic with this question, but no, you haven't. This is perfect. Make space for women at the table. That's the big thing. You know, people can say they support women in sports. They'll retweet stuff, but hire women, put women in these positions of power, put women in these positions where they can contribute to the conversation. I think that's what's most important. Well, did you bring the tissues? Because Ava just commented in and she says, I'm crying. I love you guys. Oh, my God. Uh, so there you go. Aww. Ava is watching. <laughs> she also said, shout Seriously, out. I... <laughs> she said, 100% Annie <laughs> has been my biggest inspiration in sports. So there you go, Annie. Uh, yeah, I, know, I, right? I adore her. <laughs> she, she wore a Trevor Zegers jersey yesterday, and I know she's in New York, and it just made me so happy because I was that girl repping the Ducks in New York, and I was getting looked everywhere. People were like, what's a Ducks <laughs> fan doing here? And while I'm not there, I'm Ava's holding it down for me. Shout out to Jacob Truba for Ava, too. She uh, she is, <laughs> she enjoys Jacob Truba uh, as a hockey player, for sure. If you follow her on Twitter, she'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> we got a rapid fire for you now, and then we're going to let you go, Annie. Um, we got, what do we got? Okay. Uh, five or six, and then we might, some might pop up as we go. Um, now, I know we were going to talk a little bit of Dodgers with you, but maybe we'll save that for next time. Kershaw or Scherzer? If you have one game, who are you going with? Or who you signed this one game? Season. Is it a playoff game? Is it? Let's say, yeah, it's a big, big moment. Playoff game, healthy? game seven, elimination. They're both. Yeah, everything's equal in terms of health. And they're both in their third. They're today's age. They're their uh, current age. Today's age. Yeah. Current, current player, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Current, current player. Max Scherzer. There it is. He, I mean, I, I think I might have to go with it's that. It's the right too. answer. I love Clayton. I will always love Clayton. I I'm hope he resigns with the Dodgers, but it's Max Scherzer. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that, Max? Oh, no. It looks like you say, were going to say something. Well, no, just in the sense of who you're signing this offseason, but I think the or emphatic that. answer for Scherzer, uh, I think that pretty much answers the question as well. Yeah, if you could only friends, sign so. one, let's say for a full season, let's go with that angle, Kershaw or Scherzer. Oh, that's your, oh, you're going to. I'm really tugging trouble. at the heartstrings here. <laughs> You're tugging at the heartstrings, and you're going to get me in mad trouble. I, <laughs> okay, we'll clip this, and we'll make sure we put it on Twitter right after this. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Dodgers Twitter is ruthless. They're going to come after me. Um, okay. I, or just I know go what off the, the board I know what I want to say, but it's also, okay, Max Scherzer. Okay. Oh, all right. There we go. Clayton Kershaw, One's future Toronto young, Blue Jays. This year, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty good. Uh, future Toronto Blue Jay, Clayton Kershaw. Um, all right, <laughs> you're in the. You got enough former Dodgers as it is. Come on. I know we got to bring back Ross Stripling. Uh, we got to bring him back. Uh, you're in the uh, California area. You got a couple new football teams there: the L.A. Rams or the L.A. Chargers. Um, I am a Baltimore Ravens fan oh. currently, <laughs> but um, I did grow up a San Diego Chargers fan. So I will say the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. There if you I, ha- go. I have a soft spot in my heart for that organization. I can't help it. Even though Dean Spanos is one of my least favorite people on the planet, but <laughs> I can't help but root for that team, especially, I mean, Justin Herbert, hard guy not to like, but I mean, especially when Phil Rivers and Antonio Gates were still playing. I mean, I can't not root for those guys, even though I Tomlinson. turned my back. I, oh man. Oh, I mean, he didn't move. To, he didn't need to move to L.A., but it would <laughs> absolutely. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Now, Max is uh, he just had a tear, one tear, <laughs> single tear rolled down his cheek as his Aaron Donald jersey or shirt underneath his jersey 
Just got a little bit. Uh, uh, hey, man, I'm a ginger. I got no soul. We'll be all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I can't I, buy into the Rams quite yet, but I, 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 I get it. I even get it. with Vaughn Miller, Annie, come on now. Nah. I mean, LA is a Raiders town. I mean, they tell you that at the beginning of every broadcast at SoFi Stadium, but <laughs> LA is very much still a Raiders town. So it's even though LA has kind of accepted the, 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 the Chargers, I was going to say redheaded stepchild, but you are redheaded, so I, I'll take that back. But they're kind of like the odd stepchild in the mix. That's right. <laughs> okay, I feel like I know the answer to this one because we kind of talked about it earlier, but old Ducks logo, of course, the beautiful one, or the new one? <laughs> old Ducks logo. Yeah, of Come course. On. That one's easy. That's a quick logo. rapid fire. That's a quick right rap. That's literally hate, rapid fire. <laughs> I don't hate the new Ducks logo as much as most people do, but I mean, the old one is, it, it was perfect. There's no, the color scheme, the logo itself, everything, everything was picture perfect. The diagonal so, lines, every time, get me. Uh, <laughs> so here's a, here's a, here's maybe a harder one that you have to think about a little bit more. Ryan Getzlaff okay. or Timu Solani? In terms of what? What do you think, Max? What are we saying? Just all-time favorite. You got to pick one. Favorite. Who's on okay, the organization? Who's who's the one and near dear? We're leaving Paul Annie Korea OG's out of this because Paul Korea is up here, and then you can pick between exactly, the other two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul Korea is certainly. Uh, if there's a Ducks Mount Rushmore, all three of these guys yes. are on it. No That's questions true. asked. Um, for me personally, uh, I mean, I love Timu. I've met him so many times, and he's just—he's literally the nicest guy. My brothers played high school hockey with his son, so. Oh, I've nice. seen Timu many a time. Um, I mean, as far as being a hockey fan, uh, I mean, even that's hard. Uh, this is a show that's I based mean, that's, on the Regina Saskatchewan. Yeah, hometown Ryan gets so, No I, pressure I know, here. But I mean, <laughs> the only reason why I know one CFL team is because Chris Getzloff played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Mm -hmm. Only reason I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, Actually, funny story. We had Chris Getzloff on the show that I produce upstairs. Uh the day before Ryan Getzlaff signed, re-signed with the Ducks, and he kind of told us he's probably re-signing with the Ducks, and we were like, oh, "Okay, cool." <laughs> so that was a, fun, a little fun story. Big brother always knows. Yeah. Always knows. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this has been a, a hot discussion as of late, especially since Getzlaff passed Timu on the all-time duck scoring list, and Getzy's on his way to passing a thousand, which obviously Timu did that long, long ago, but. As far as like the best duck, it was de it's definitely Getzla. He's been there his entire career, been the captain for 10 plus years. I mean, really was, I mean, both Timu and him were really pinnacles of the hockey community and building up hockey in Southern California. So both were just so instrumental to the organization and so near and dear to the fan base's hearts. But I mean, fan favorite for me is, I mean, growing up is Timu, but uh, I mean, Getzy's, oh, this is hard. You're asking me to pick between my children here. Like Sophie's I, choice. It's the real Sophie's choice. Of, for no, Ducks literally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll go with it, though. You know, I, think you, gonna, I think you answered it good enough. I think I think I accept I like to that. think I did. I, 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 I skirted around the answer That's as much okay. as I could. But. That's all right. We'll take that one. That's a tough one. Um, Okay, this one should be a bit more cut and dry. Celebrating a Dodgers World Series win or a Ducks Stanley Cup win? Ducks Stanley Cup win. Oh, there it is. Yep, I like I it. I, I was too young when they – I wasn't too young, but I like – I was 14 years old when the Ducks won the Stanley Cup in 2007. So I I remember it, but I really – you couldn't really celebrate. I want to celebrate as an adult. <laughs> like I want to really hone in on it. I want to go to the game. I want to – 
drink as much beer as I can. <laughs> I, 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 plus hockey's my favorite sport. So I really, I, I want another Stanley cup. I got my world series last year. Um, even you if, if you yeah. want to call it a Mickey mouse ring, you want to call it an asterisk, go ahead. <laughs> I don't care. I got my world series. I'm good. That's why honestly losing in the NLCS this year really didn't hurt that much. It, it didn't hurt. It, it sucked obviously, but like nothing compared to the pain of recent years because I got my world series. There you so go. You got I was one. like, you know, it's yeah, all right. Not that <laughs> Everything bad. from here, we're good. All right. Well, Annie, we're going to let you go and we will, but you're on our list to come back because we're, we're going to, once the MLB uh, off season, maybe heats up a little bit more, we'll bring you back, talk a little Dodgers, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more NFL uh, when we get closer to playoffs, but thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, had a blast. And uh, again, we'll hope we hope we can do it again soon. Thanks a ton, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast, and I'm honored to already be on the list to come oh, yeah. back. So I guess I did okay. You're on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a great night, Annie. Where can everybody follow you and, and find your stuff? Well, you can follow me on any social media platform at Sweet Annie OD. That's Twitter, Instagram, and of course, TikTok, which we talked a lot about tonight. Uh, podcast is OD on Sports. You can stream it anywhere, uh, wherever podcasts are streamed. New episode is actually going to come out uh, tomorrow morning. So be on the lookout for that. And of course, we will talk about all the Ducks drama and everything going on there. And uh, yeah, radio show, if you're in Orange County, which I know this is based in Saskatchewan, but it is available <laughs> online. It is three to five Pacific Standard Time uh, every Sunday. We talk every sport. Um, my co-host is not a big hockey fan, but I'm slowly getting him into it. We're slowly introducing him to the sport and he's willing to learn, willing to watch. But a lot of NFL fantasy football talk, a lot of baseball as well. So if that piques any of your interest, feel free to tune in. Uh, 101.5 KOCI. And yes. yeah. That's, that's me. Amazing. Well, Annie, we'll let you go. Have a great night, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Annie. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good night. All right. And of course, our video guests, as always, are brought to you by our friends at IKS Media. IKS Live comes up on the screen, so I guess we can shout them out, too. Oh, because, absolutely. Max, we were together on an IKS Live uh, broadcast just this past weekend, yeah. uh, again, for the Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball. So uh, maybe we need to bring Annie on as a consultant, too, because we need uh, yeah. some NL West We need intake, NL West uh, coverage, insights. absolutely. So, Annie, absolutely. if you're still listening... You might have a job offer on the table. <laughs> uh, so, As if your schedule wasn't already busy enough. Right? Yeah, no, so. you, you, we need your help. Uh, so anyways, um, IKS Media is your number one uh, place for live broadcasts, video screens, uh, live entertainment, uh, and so much more. Uh, you can hit them up at IKSmedia.com for more information uh, and check them out. They have a great design team, animation team. We just checked out. They're making NFTs. We now. literally just talked to I don't even know if I'm allowed team. to say this, but yeah, they're making NFTs uh, and they're pretty crazy. Okay, we're going to try and put that genie back in the bottle, but okay. Yeah, I, think it's out there now. I think I'm allowed to say a blank. They're making NFTs and not say what it is. I don't know. I, th I don't know. I guess we'll see if you have a key yeah. that still works tomorrow. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. Am I getting fired? I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. <laughs> uh, sorry, Paul. Anyways, uh, we're going to hit up a break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we got some NFL picks to make. Can we not do squad select this week, please? Why? Because you're struggling so hard? This sucks. Imagine how I felt the last just... two times we've done it, Max. <laughs> you mean years? Yeah, I've had a couple bad weeks. You've had a couple bad yeah, weeks. Exactly. All right, I'm back in. Um, my buddy Jacob Naval down in California says, if you need a scout, I'll interview for the job too. Uh, so we might have... We might have a couple of baseball friends coming into the uh, to the fold in terms of our franchise that I cannot name yet. Um, but anyways, we're gonna hit a break. Two and a half minutes. We'll be right back. We got NFL, NHL. What else we got on the way? Blue Jays. Uh, uh, Blue Jays. So we got some stuff to talk about. See you in a couple minutes. Uh -huh. 
Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Here's how your business can be a part of Canada's fastest-growing sports talk show. All you have to do is contact us, and we will tell you all about the dynamic and exciting marketing opportunities we have, utilizing a fully integrated 360-degree multi-platform. Imagine your business seen and heard across Canada on Game Plus TV and around the world on the Rod Peterson Digital Network. You will use one of the most overused expressions in sports. you got to be kidding me. Get your business involved. Contact the Rod Peterson Show today. Everyday hoop Is it time to take your event online? Bring it to IKS Live. We've got a fully customized virtual event platform with remote guest support for your next fundraiser, talk show, conference, performance, and more. IKS Live offers live streaming to Facebook Live and YouTube and pre-recorded capabilities, both in our studio with green screen available and on location with pre-production and post-production services. IKS Live, the proud producer of The Rod Peterson Show and The Recovery. Recovery Hour. Visit us at IKSLive.ca. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Perfect. All right, we're coming back. Uh, Jordan, I didn't hear you there. I know you, I heard you talking, but I didn't hear you. So something's going on with our IFPs today. But either way, we're back. I knew we were coming back, so we're good. Uh, let's get into a little bit of hockey talk here to kind of wrap up our thoughts for the day. Uh, Max has something he wants to talk about with the Predators. I got a little thing I want to talk about with the Leafs. Uh, but Max, do you want to get? You want to start it off? You want to do your... I see you're wearing a special jersey Oh, I thought you were teaming up for a home run. Sorry, that was yes. more like a double down the line. Hold on. Way. I'll tee you up. I'm just asking you if you're ready because I, I okay. knew you were checking something on your yeah, phone. Sorry, so I, I was yelling sure. out there. Yeah. So, uh, obviously a pretty huge part of the National Predators organization retired uh, in the last 
couple of months. Uh, obviously, Max just got his brand new beautiful jersey. Pekka Rene, number 35, and it's heading to the rafters in Nashville. So, Max, what's going on? Pekka Rene's retirement, how, what does this mean to you and the organization? I mean, this was as automatic as a Steph Curry three ball, really. It's, man. So it was 46% or whatever? Something like that. <laughs> Either way, hey, at the end of the day, there's been a lot of banners raised in Nashville. Everybody knows the jokes, the this jokes, and that, yeah. whatever else. But you know what? This one, truly the first member of the organization to have his number retired, not a person better to deserve the honor. Um, when you talk about Pecorini, and we were talking about making Twitter clips before this, <laughs> it's hard when you try to sum up this man's career and what he meant to the Nashville Predators. But man, oh man, uh, what a... What a great steward of the organization, somebody that embodied the philosophies of exactly what you want, as Annie mentioned, a, a very responsible, very community-first-led organization. That's exactly what Pekka Rene embodied for the Nashville Predators. Um, and as his number is retired, uh, on his birthday, no less, uh, in February in Smashville, man, that's going to be a fun game to tune into, and that's going to be quite the ceremony for somebody that is more than deserving of this. I don't know if there's a word, um, like I said, automatic. This was this was a slam dunk, zero question about it. Uh, this man's number deserves to be retired and forever immortalized in the rafters at Bridgestone Arena. And I just simply can't wait for the ceremony in late February. And like I said, just to see Pekka around the rink again, it's going to be a great time. So uh, congrats to Pekka. And uh, man, oh man, February 24th, it's going to be a fun day. Absolutely. Now, uh, we do have a bit of an announcement that we will make after this next segment because it kind of ties the two together. Or this next topic, I should say, not segment. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I was going to get into a little bit of Leafs rumors that were kind of floating around. Uh, they've had Travis Dermott and Justin Hall kind of going in and out of the lineup the last couple of games. And I, I'm not overly concerned by it as a Leafs fan, but um, there has been some rumors surfacing now that both players may be on the trade block. Nick Kiprios mentioned it. A few other people have mentioned it now. Uh, and James Myrtle came out the other day and said that the return for these guys might actually be a little bit more than people actually think. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've, these last couple of games, we've seen the big four guys, the core four, as they call them, Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, and Marner. They've scored the last, like, 14 goals of, that the Leafs have scored, the four of them. and Probably a good thing to do when you're taking up half the cap. Yeah, no, that's good. But the point <laughs> is, is that nobody else is scoring right now. And what that what worries me about that is, you know, they, they address some needs in the offseason with David Kampf coming in, defensive center, uh, getting a guy like Andre Kasha who can kind of do a little bit of everything. Michael hasn't, Bunting. Hasn't been great yet, though. Andre Kasha hasn't been great. Uh, Bunting's definitely proven that he belongs on the team. Uh, Nick Ritchie, they practiced him with Matthews today, so he's kind of got some fluctuation going on. Mm -hmm. Hasn't really found a spot yet. Uh, and then you got a guy like Kerfoot who's been around uh, and they protected him in the offseason, three and a half million dollars. And he's looked good on the Marner line with Tavares and Marner. I will say that. But at the same time, uh, we got to start seeing him putting numbers on the board. And my wonder is, is that I wonder if they're now at a point where they can deal a defenseman like a Justin Hall, who has two million dollars. Uh, and a guy maybe like a Pierre Engvall or an Ilya Mikheyev who's coming back from injury, I'm wondering if they can maybe package them for a forward to actually supplement some secondary scoring. Because it sounds weird. You know, the Leafs for years haven't really needed a forward necessarily uh, with the amount of money, like you said, that they are spending on the forwards. But now they're at a point where their secondary scoring is taking a hit because the guys they brought in 
they're playing well, but they aren't scoring. <laughs> so it, they need to take a little bit of pressure off those big guys so that they don't have to score 14 goals in a row. Uh, they need some other guys to chip in, which to me in the long run will actually help those bigger guys because there'll be less pressure on them. They don't have to squeeze their stick so hard. They don't have to force it. They don't have to stay out for longer shifts. They don't have to double shift, stuff like that. It'll actually make them better in the long run too. So I, the one guy that I've had my eye on as a fanalist is Adrian Kempe from the LA Kings. Now the LA Kings, Dowdy's been hurt for a couple of months. They lost Sean Walker to injury uh, the whole season. Sean Walker's out. So if, if, you know, maybe a Justin Hall or a Travis Dermott fits into their plans and maybe helps them on the blue line, maybe you send a forward who can kind of fill in for Kempe. Uh, I would, I think Kempe would be a nice little fit. $2 million RFA after this year. Uh, can score, has scored. He can be physical. He's kind of got some size. Great skater. A guy like that I think would be a nice little fit. Third-line guy maybe, maybe second-liner, depending on what you need him for. Uh, so he could be really interesting. But I'm at, a, I'm at a place right now where I'm wondering if uh, trading a defenseman for a forward after years of trading forwards for defensemen, Nylander comes to mind. Uh, that happened almost every day for the last couple of years. But I'm, I think it's almost flipped now. I think secondary scoring is becoming a need, and it's a really interesting time. Uh, Five-game winning streak, get blown out by L.A., and all of a sudden – it got me thinking about trades. <laughs> I don't know, man. And the other thing, too, with the Leafs, right? And again, you can answer this better than anybody else. But again, the sense of urgency to potentially make a move or two now that you know what Morgan Riley's cap hit is going to be right. starting next season. Yeah. So, and again, this is where we talk about it. Five guys taking up as much salary, yeah. as, as much of the cap yeah. as the Leafs are paying their top five guys. What does that mean for the rest of the team? What are, what are we starting to see? Has it not been proven to the Leafs yet that you need more than five guys to build a championship-caliber team? You can bring in Adrian Kempe all you want. You can bring in Michael Bunting all you want. You can bring in Andre Kasha and David Kampf and Josh Hosank potentially getting a look with the team. I know you're That's excited That's another about one that. that I might be interested in seeing. They need to sign him to an NHL contract, though, first. But when it comes to this is... Again, how many of the entry-level type contracts, how yeah. many of the $1 to $2 million filler guys can you go through before you realize it's just not working, mm -hmm. having so much invested in only five members of yeah. a 22-man unit? That's the thing that I struggle with the Leafs. Again, we talk about it every year. It's great to lock up the guys that sell you the most jerseys, and it's fantastic when they are supremely talented players. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from those guys. Austin Matthews, incredible player. Mitch Marner, I, 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 listening today. He's come on. He's come uh, on. He's gotten hot lately. But what happens when the pressure cooker gets to him? Yeah. That's the thing that's a little bit scary when you look at the Leafs. Is this is all great again in November, but come April when it really truly matters to you guys now, yeah. right? And saying this as affectionately as I can, is it going to work? Right. We've, we haven't seen it yet. What's to what's to tell you that this story is going to end any different? Well, we haven't seen anything this year that has told me otherwise because. Uh, they've been nothing but inconsistent so far. Even during the winning streak, you know, that winning streak included a not very good game against Chicago where they barely squeaked out. A not very, uh, not very good, well, Vegas, but Vegas was decimated with injuries. Yep. Uh, they did play great against Boston, mm -hmm. and they, I, I would say that they had a decently solid game against the Lightning. Yep. Uh, but it's and, easy to get up for those games, right? It's easy to yeah, get up exactly. for the division rival games. They need to start beating teams that they are supposed to beat, and that they're includes beat, the LA not Kings. Just, not, just, not just go in and win a 3-2 game by the skin of your teeth. Exactly. you got to beat Yeah, they should have beat Chicago 7-1. Like, it shouldn't have been close. And it, shouldn't especially, have lost to Pittsburgh 7-1. Well, that, and especially Pittsburgh with all right. the injuries they had, too. Mm -hmm. But especially Chicago, like, with everything going on with Chicago mm -hmm. on that day, 
and they still had a tough time with it. It just there's nothing that screams massive confidence. Um, so that's where I'm just wondering. I, I hear you when you say. Uh, how many of the minor pieces do they have to bring in until they realize it's just not working? I think they have to keep trying. Like they're in a situation where they have to. They got no other. They choice. have no they other kind choice. Back themselves into a bit of a corner. Exactly. And the one constant that has been there to start this season again, it being a little bit early. Jack Campbell's looked pretty damn good. Oh, he's been good. Is he going to be worth five million Freddie money oh, next yeah. year? In which case, you guys are in. Trouble. See now, maybe, maybe. Maybe they're waiting on that in terms of I know him to falter a little bit. No, 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 no. I I know you don't love diving super deep in the Leafs and we'll we'll end it. I promise. No, no, I'm trying. I know, yeah, and I appreciate it so much. You don't understand. Uh, I'm venting here. Yes, but maybe they're waiting on Jack Campbell's extension, like you said with Morgan Riley's. Now they know Morgan Riley's and where they're going to be sitting with him next year and and beyond. Maybe they're maybe they're waiting to get that extension with Campbell done so they truly know where they're going to be next year because the rest of the free agents going into next season are like you said kind of the extra pieces Mm -hmm. they can come and go as they please none of them are truly impactful uh they need to be impactful that's what they need like Mm -hmm. i said secondary scoring isn't there's none of it right now Mm -hmm. uh but it's the it's the exchangeable pieces the angvals mikhaev is a free agent spezza who uh, now he's not exchangeable he's he's unbelievable that's not i'm not bashing spezza but i think we're pretty confident that he might be staying on the leafs for a while (laughs) the way he's talked about it tom brady Um, of the leafs exactly even i would say he's given up more than tom brady has given up i would even say yes. but uh either way uh we will uh leave it there no but no no let's not leave it there let's go one you want to keep point, going one more point further because i think this is this the other is thing a that, great day it's a great day i'll give you your day okay i'm, I'm sitting here i'm feeling good wearing my nashville predators pecorini jersey yep. either way so when it comes to the leafs here again this is the last button point that will be on it and i know it's been said thousands of times on podcasts yeah thousands of times probably upstairs when you're producing the rod peterson show every day jordan is probably loving hearing it but <laughs> nobody when they sign these big four contracts big five is obviously after knowing what the economic landscape is going to be when these contracts were signed nobody saw covid coming nobody thought okay, that there yeah. was going to be a cap freeze yeah. for two or three years the fact of the matter is the toronto maple leafs are a great hockey team if the cap is 95 to 100 million dollars and that's not it, the world that we're living I in i think the projection uh from where it should have been mm-hmm. in today's economics without covid i mm-hmm. think it was supposed to be around 90 but even before covid though it's the failure to adapt i think that's really been the crux in in a lot of the fan base's minds right because again it's been five years of the same old story. Two of those years are only with COVID, right? So it's... Yeah. I, I don't know if... It, okay, so that, that argument has been made. Five years of the same thing, right? right? I would argue that every year to me in my in my mind, I don't know if my mind's just messed up and twisted, but every year has been slightly different. You have to remember, the first year, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner were both rookies. William Nylander was still 20 the first year they didn't have John Tavares yet of course then he comes in and massively shifts the organization's entire acceleration plan like it zoomed it up there right away they were no longer Do I need to go get a razor and grab my Ryan Leslie take now Clark come on yeah now. they were no longer <laughs> well they were no longer a rebuilding team nope they were immediately pushed into a different stratosphere of expectation bringing in John Tavares so as you should when you have the number uh, one the number yeah. four and the number eight overall exactly pick and- but I think other teams that we see like maybe a Tampa or something like that they had all these guys too they had Stamkos it's a uh, headman etc cetera, etc cetera, but they didn't go out and add some massive free agent like two years in and speed it all up. Uh, so I don't think the organization was good enough when Tavares got signed 
to be like it changed everything. I don't think it was good enough to be at a part where oh we're automatically Stanley Cup contenders. There was a lot of flaws. Take John Tavares team. away from that team and add three pieces of the three million dollar marker. You guys a better team. That's Is, a, that's the argument. Well, you keep Kadri, for example. Right. Uh, then you maybe go out and get a different defenseman. Uh, maybe you go out and get another depth scoring winger. Like you said, that's the that's the argument. Yeah. Uh, I hear it all the time. And hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We're never yeah. going to get that answer. The fact exactly. is, exactly, it's made that Kanye bet. clip, right? It's Kanye. Uh, they wanted to see what would happen if I didn't win. Well, I guess we'll never know. Okay. And that's the same with that. You know. Alrighty, and done. Done. Cut it. Uh, <laughs> NFL. No, that, that, that was not a Twitter clip. <laughs> no, no, that was a YouTube clip. That was definitely a long form YouTube clip. However, our announcement has to do with your team and my team because next week yes, on sir. the Squadcast. How many people we got watching right now? We got our crew in here. Next week on the Squadcast, we are going to be actually doing a different format. We're not going to be doing this show necessarily. A lot of people are like, thank goodness. God. <laughs> we are going to be doing a live stream watch party of the Leafs and Predators as they play Tuesday night next week, which is our show night. So... We are going to be upstairs in a different kind of location. Uh, we're going to be watching the game along with you. You can watch with us. Uh, we're going to bring guests on during the intermission, Joel Henderson and Craig Ballard. Uh, Joel's going to talk all sorts of draft talk, hockey talk, junior hockey, uh, but also everything else. Craig, we're going to kind of go off and go with the Raptors and baseball with Craig, of course. But we'll mix up the vibe a little bit with Craig. And then throughout the game, we're going to be chirping each other. Uh, Max probably more than me because Max is that kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> Man, well, I didn't realize that the bus was getting backed up right I over I shouldn't me be mean to you because you just did a leaf segment <laughs> with me. I know. Uh, this is what I get for being nice. See, it's easier to be mean because it keeps you on your toes. Exactly. And I, nice I do appreciate it. Sudden, but uh, we're going to be doing a full live stream <laughs> of the game along with you. So uh, it's going to start earlier. We're going to start at 6 o'clock. So keep that in mind. The game starts at 6. We're going to start right at the, as soon as the game starts. Maybe a slight pregame show just kind of, you know, get into Jeez, it. How much time you got in a day? Uh, more than you, apparently. I guess so. Well, you get here early enough. We don't have to do as much, like, topic prep for this <laughs> Stripe one. Stripe Shop closes at 5, pal. Yeah, you'll get here in time. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll be fine. We'll Thank have it all set up. The time zone you'll switch. slide in just like you did for the Fantasy League Baseball that's show. right. You'll slide right in. We'll just hit play and go. Plug and play, man. Uh, but anyways, that's going to be next week's episode, a live stream, Leafs Predators, special guest. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to try a new format, see how it goes. Maybe we'll do it more often. Maybe we'll do it here and there, do it for other games. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we got to get into some. What do you want to do first? Blue Jays or NFL? I think Blue we only Jays? got time for NFL. There's not a ton on the Jays. There really right isn't. Now. There's a lot of again rumors and speculation. So hopefully next week. When Let's we save chat. it. We'll talk with Craig next. Yes, week. absolutely. I like yeah, it. Save it for Craig. Uh, battle game uh, and squad select. I guess I, I should say squad select and battle Can game. Can I defer? Can this be a coin toss where I defer? So I what was our records last game. week? I went three and two, right? And you went two and three. It wasn't that bad. I think I went three and two. <laughs> Did you do you have it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, where are you in the script right now? Are you on? All right segment, at the bottom. Segment three. Uh, I'm right at the bottom. You're right at the bottom. Welcome to the Austin Matthews Show. Rolf put that in there last week. Is that Rolf or Jordan? I think it was Rolf. He <laughs> no, put it in there last it. week. That's amazing. It was Rolf. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even talk about Austin Matthews last week, did I? Man. It's it's at that point now where you do it like what's that? It's Self, not, subconsciously. Is that subconsciously or yeah. unconsciously? Uh, if I was unconscious, like I wouldn't be. Al- I wouldn't be breathing. Like if I was unconscious, well, you're watching out. the Leafs does that. Subconsciously, too, is you do something without realizing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> which that's is pretty much what I do with Leafs yeah, talk 100%. most of the time. Um, so you was it three and two? I was yeah. three and two. You were two and three. Yeah. So I gained another game on you which is great. Um, the Can battle game him? this week, do you want to go, what do we want to do? Saints-Titans is a pretty good one. 
Um, Chiefs Raiders. The Titans are turning into my Washington football team. I know, right? I am sick of them. Sick of those guys? And I and this, uh, the ironic thing, as much as I love the hockey team in Nashville, I'm starting to really hate that football team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Do you want to go? That just might be recent loss bias. I kind of like them. Actually. That's yeah. fair. The AFC. I get it. Uh, I'll take the Titans. I get ah, it. I don't know. Just that Sunday night game, man. <laughs> Do you want to go? Um, Bills and Chiefs? Jets. Bills, Jets? No. Do you, Actually, do you want, yeah, sure. Let's do that. I'll sure, take, yeah. Yeah, I'll take the bill. Do you want to go Chiefs Raiders or do you want to go um, Browns Patriots? They're both five and what four. About Rams and Niners on the Monday night. Mm, the no. records aren't necessarily bad. They don't scream battle game to me. No, even, but regardless my buddy Brad how, Sanko would tell you that the San Francisco 49ers are going to be. I think Sunday night football, Chiefs teams. Raiders. They're both five and four, five and yeah, three. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. We'll go with that one. Yeah, we'll go They're with that. division Chiefs rivals. Have just not been Division the rivals, right? Am I getting yeah. crazy? They're division rivals, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, NFC NF- West, AFC South. AFC West, South, South. I Kansas don't know. City South. I'm so bad with football. I'm divisions. really bad with the AFC. I know the NFC like the back of my hand. The AFC, it's tough. Yeah, NFC South. I know yeah. that one. Um, let's go into it, Max. You get first pick. Go ahead. Are you just are you just getting PTSD from the last couple of weeks? Well, I'm taking my Rams. I got to live and die with the guys. That's fair. It's not an easy pick, but I just I'm not seeing the board clearly. It's not about going with the easy picks anymore because none of them are easy. No, as we clearly saw with this week. Last in the NFL, week, none of them flipped are easy. the whole league on its head. Gotta, Anything can happen. Got to throw a little extra stakes on Monday night with my boys. We'll go with the Rams first. Yep, understandable. Um, I'm gonna go with the. There's a couple options here that I kind of want to pick. And I'm worried that if I don't pick one, you'll pick the other one. Um, so take one. I'm going to go Bucks logic. over the Washington football team. My boys. My All anti-boys. Right. <laughs> hey, they uh, played a good playoff game last year. So that's true. Know, look out. Uh, I, again, the, the Washington football team is that team that I just can never pick. And the Bucks are hot. Uh, Darren Dupont actually had them as number one on his power rankings this week. So As long as you don't go on the Manning cast, you're fine. See yeah, that right. Stat? Yeah, I saw very that. Very interesting. It is very interesting. I'm um, going to go with DuPont's uh, number one team in the box over the over the WFTs. Surprised he didn't go with his Titans at number one after that. He had them at number two. Me. I think he was just trying to be trying as, to not trying to not trying be to, us. Yeah. Trying to be trying to be a little biased, not a lot of bias. Yeah, gotcha. more or less. Hey, man, they showed out on Sunday night. Their more defense or less. in the first half was great. Uh, Bills over Jets. We'll. we'll Bills the Jets. Bills have to avenge. You can't lose to Jacksonville and the Jets back-to-back weeks if you are indeed a Super Bowl contender like most people are making the Buffalo Bills out to be. So, uh, Josh Allen, uh, you're not having to face Josh Allen this week. Tighten it up, my friend. Tighten it up. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go. You totally alienated me there. I did a little bit. Absolutely. I, I got you, uh, Josh Absolutely. Allen. I, I heard you the whole, the whole way. <laughs> I am going to go Steelers over Lions. I have a really strange feeling that it's going to be the Lions week to get their first win. Uh, but I will pick the Steelers in this one. I the mean, Steelers. I have to bet against an 0-8 team. I have to. So I'll go Steelers. The Steelers. Okay. Okay. And Mike Tomlin, pretty good coach. Pretty good. Yep. Hey, Lions coming off a of bye week, and though, man. Jared Goff might have found something. There you go. That's what I mean. I, I'm worried. This is this one's striking me as a game where the Lions are going to get their first win. But also, Joe Booney's checking in, and Joe Booney was telling me earlier that Ben Roethlisberger is not a washed-up guy. The people saying he is the, are the ones that are washed up. So I'm going to go with my boy Joe Booney and say the Steelers will win. <laughs> Joe might have that little bit of bias there. Let's he might be that. a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to go with the uh, Baltimore Ravens over the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Um, yeah, a good yeah, pick. I'd say that's, that's a great that's pick. All there is Actually, to say about I should have picked one. that one. <laughs> yeah, you should have. I don't Dang. know why you didn't. I, I was like, oh, there's two on the board that are looking Why am I not seeing that pretty, one? Pretty good. The Ravens over the Dolphins? Yeah. Thursday nighter. 
Oh, that's why. Because nah, it was up. That's the one uh, you're using. Yeah, it was again, separated. Aren't you? No, this is NFL.com, but well, it was separated, and I was only looking at the Bills Jets. You blew it. I blew it. You blew it. I blew it. Um, okay, that's good. That's good. Good that's pick. Good, good, good pick. Um, let's see. What do we got? I have. What? How many have I had here? I got You've two picks. Two. So I got two more to make, and then the battle game. Um, let's go with. So did you see that uh, Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee again today? Yeah, so he was on program. He was on Friday and he was on today and his uh, his he came on today essentially saying all he had to do was take one test and if he passes it and clears it he's mm -hmm. good to go. Mm -hmm. uh, so didn't they find him or something? I think that just came down. Some they stuff's find him like fourteen thousand dollars or something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Some stuff's going on with Aaron Rodgers, so that makes me want to avoid them. And Russell Wilson's coming back. I, I, that's a tough one for me to pick, though, because if Aaron Rodgers does play and he's coming out to prove a couple of things to a couple people uh, and Russell Wilson's coming back, that's a total crapshoot. Could be a game of the week, though, contender, if both quarterbacks are playing. It, if they both play, absolutely. Uh, so that I was going to maybe take a chance on that one. I'm going to go with the Cardinals over the Panthers here. Uh, you said it earlier today. Sam Darnold is not having a good time. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is back, and this could be his coming out game where he comes back because he played last week. Didn't do a ton. I have him on my fantasy team. Didn't do a ton. Uh, and he could easily come back and come out with like a 35, 40-point fantasy week and just blow everybody out of the water. But I'm going to take my chances with the Cardinals on this one. They've done pretty good for me this season so far. I like it. Yeah. If things go the way they're supposed to in the National Football League this week, the Dallas Cowboys are going to run roughshod over your Atlanta Falcons. No, the Falcons are hot, got, man. I know, and that's what I mean. It's topsy-turvy. There's hot. things that are happening that are just not making sense. Dak is not going to get hot, shut out. Old. He's not going to be denied coming in, here. in a row like this. Yeah. Um, I got to go Cowboys over your Atlanta Falcons. That's, that's fair. That's the way I got to go. And I... Uh, Oh, shoot. I, I, you know what? I'll go Colts over Jaguars here uh, for my, I think, my last pick, right? I like that one. Um, the Jaguars are coming off the flukiest of flukes. Uh, hey, man, they're two and seven. They're looking good. They're looking good. Two and six. I don't the, know. The they Colts, week? every time I've watched the Colts this year, I don't often go out of my way to watch the Colts right now. I mean, I used to with Peyton Manning and stuff, but right. every time I've just flipped around and I've seen the Colts and I've watched for a little bit, I'm like, this team's pretty good. Especially when you pick up Jonathan Taylor in fantasy. That I got Jonathan Taylor and he good. has been rolling for me. So I'm I'm going to go Colts over the Jags. I like it. I hate picking and then the battle, battle game, game, right? Oh, so sucks. Chiefs Raiders. This isn't, I wouldn't say this is easy. This I know sucks. the Raiders have a lot of drama around them right now, but they just the, signed Deshaun Jackson. Ah. They did? Where yeah. did I miss that? Yeah, yeah. Was that just today? Yeah, yes, you're behind. It's fine. I'm a little behind on that one. Ah. And like the Chiefs just, they don't look good. And the Raiders, like you said, there's a lot going on there. Man, I got a lot of primetime action here. You're going to have to wait to find out some results. Yeah, you got the later games, huh? We got the Sunday nighter. I got the Monday nighter and yeah. the Thursday nighter. So yeah. I only got two on Sunday. Well, we'll know Three about on one Sunday, early guess, on. But <sighs> Go Dolphins. <laughs> Raiders or Chiefs, man? Raiders at home. Chiefs on the road. Divisional matchup. Sunday okay, night. Big stage. PFT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't do it. It's, that was a pretty good one. You were the almost Raiders. there. Holy hell. That was pretty good. You, uh, almost, you almost made it. Do you think the Raiders wow. are going to get Odell? Ah, they should, maybe. I, I mean, Brian Edwards, Deshaun Jackson, Hunter Renfro. I don't know if they have enough there. I yeah. just don't know. I mean, but this Give is where... Give Derek Carr more weapons. I, where Odell chooses his future, again, we didn't really get into that, but obviously Odell Beckham Jr., hey, he's on waivers. News yeah. for everybody. Breaking news. Um, <laughs> he's... 
We're going to find out if he's going to be choosing for the betterment of his career and wanting to win, or if he's truly playing for the name on the back of the jersey. I'm inclined to think it's the latter. Um, he's going to pick a quarterback that just throws him the ball a ton so he can jack up his yards and sign another yeah. free agent deal. Like, I can't remember I just, who it was. They oh. said he is a volume receiver, and when he's not getting volume, he is not a receiver. I yeah. thought that was a perfect quote. I yeah. was like, wow. And I, I kind of manipulated it. So if you want to meme that, you can actually do that. Odell Beckham is a well, I can't meme volume receiver. And when there's quote. no volume, he's not a receiver. It's pretty badass, actually. Was I it like. your quote, though? No, I changed it. It was it, That was the idea, it. but I changed the last part. Yeah. When there's no volume, Just he's breaking not a receiver. The room, I don't know. I, the I, I rules of like memeology. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yep, that's okay. You can you can tag anonymous radio person Clark Heard somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Clark I, uh, Clark from anonymous radio personality like, on Odell Beckham situation as being a receiver or not a receiver. Yeah, Clark forgot Done. who it was. Sorry, We're, I don't have enough pixels in the graphic to work oh, with that okay. man. I really That's don't. Fair. But all right, right, I'll take the Chiefs yeah. if you're going Raiders. Oh man, I'll they, take the Chiefs. They've been so every time I bet them, man. We'll see. It's just not good. It's not an easy call. Man, that um, was anyways. bad. Like how, like my throat just got. I thought I thought you were coughing like as part of the act. Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. I like still it. like I'm about to cough again. It's not good. The Raiders just win, baby. Uh, so, anyways, battle game, good one. Uh, here's a recap. I picked the Buccaneers, the Steelers, Cardinals, the Colts, and the Chiefs. Max got the Rams, Bills, Ravens, Cowboys, and Raiders. So not bad. I think it's going to be an interesting week. Um, I'm nervous. I'm going one and four. I can just feel it. Yeah, we're definitely just we hit the it. over. Robin Wildy put the over at eight forty-seven oh, today. Oh gosh, it's Jordan's uh, birthday, man. Okay, let's get yeah, out. Yeah, we got to get out of here. Jordan's birthday today. Happy birthday to Jordan. Everybody put it in the comments. Happy birthday, Jordan. Uh, we got to let him go and have uh, the rest of his night. I mean, it's. I mean. He'll get up to something. Uh, <laughs> Is there a new episode of Yellowstone on or something? Jordan, I don't think watches Yellowstone. Jordan, what do you watch? NASCAR's in its off season. We talked about. He this can watch NASCAR. Re- Squid Game. Yeah, he's he's watching. Oh, Squid he's game. in the Squid Game. I, yeah, I, I'm not getting on. That. He's in the he's in the heat of it right now. Like right oh, in the in middle the crux, of it. The heat. Yeah. It's, gotcha. It's well, let's get point. out of here so we can go watch. That. Uh, next week on the Squadcast, reminder: uh, we're going to figure this out with Jordan. He's going to help us figure out which yes, direction we yes. want to go in. But That's we what are going to have. Does is the direction. He's good at that. Yes. Live stream Leafs Predators. It's going to start at an earlier time than you're used to. So make sure you tune in for the whole thing. We're going to have a great time. Uh, you do, we won't be showing you the game because that's illegal, but we will be watching it with some audio, maybe, and you can watch along with us. We'll be reacting. We'll be talking the whole time. It'll be great. Uh, Joel Henderson and Craig Ballard are going to join us in the intermissions of the, that game. Uh, and, yeah, we're going to have a great time. So until then, uh, stay tuned because we do have big news on the horizon with our Fantasy League baseball team, among other stuff that we have that we haven't told you about yet, which is exciting for me and Max uh, in terms of some new projects. So stay tuned. Uh, but from the basement of the bunker, we are signing off. I'm producer Clark. Mad Max is over here. Uh, Director Jordan and engineer. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to say I was used to saying engineer Rolf. Engineer <laughs> Lindsay is in the back. That's like the least fourth line back there, just interchanging parts every yeah, week. It's I still crazy. have producer Allen in my script. I really got to change Lindsay my script. Lindsay did a fantastic job. Lindsay did great. Greatly appreciated. Uh, plus our friends at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. IKS Media, Hoop Life Basketball, RBI Baseball, Original 16. I didn't have my nightcap tonight. No, you didn't. Uh, so sorry about that. Great Western Brewing Company. Uh, always a good time. Max, we'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Hey, we All got right. meetings to do. We're we got now, meetings. We're now That's why I, I was going to say, I was going to say, see you next week, but we got stuff to do. We're managers uh, of the franchise. Now. So, anyways, uh, bye for now. Thanks for tuning in tonight, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.